made me salute us. Turn my young pit to a shooter. Damn, I miss OG Double. Taught me how to pimple us. I go and hear the lick. You can go and ask both. Big blocks told real choppers. Whole lot of shooters. You don't want no problem. RP Jumbo. Top me in the broad day. Tryna pay the lawyer for my love. It's gonna be a cold case. Magic City. I'm the owner. Tell Steve Harvey on one. One thing I never seen was a bitch leave. Every time I crank a car, I use a key. And we are officially back. It's the 42nd episode of Keeping It 200. Hopefully, this is officially now it because last night we tried to do it and it didn't work. <laughs> so now we are <laughs> officially much. back. We're officially back. It's. Five whole days we had off, Tavon. I never thought that we would ever have that many days off. So, but finally we are. But finally we are officially back and everything. So you are now officially rocking with the vest, Tavon Jameson to your right, myself to the left, and we've got a bunch of news to get into and stuff. But hey, first off, before we continue any further, happy birthday to Tavon. Um, because I never uploaded that episode yesterday. So finally, everybody will finally get to know that. It was Tavon's birthday yesterday, and that was the reason why we did not mm-hmm. upload. So, um, Tavon now turns 20. Is that right? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, hey, we got um, ourselves a lot of news. Um, hey, but hey, first thing I definitely want to say is I definitely got to see the Space Jam movie last night at cool. 3 a.m. Um, great movie. Um, I, I, won't, I won't recommend someone go out their way to watch it. But if if you definitely got the time, definitely it's funny. It was, it, I think everybody will think of it as the first Space Jam movie, in my opinion, bro. Um, it, it's not a bad movie. It's just it was just a good movie, you know. I mean, but definitely, but definitely though, um, I definitely liked it. I definitely did. Um, the ending is kind of a little weird, but I mean, it's Space Jam, so. Mm-hmm. That's why I, I'm not gonna like I'm not gonna spoil any of it. I will in a week if no one doesn't see it. Then I'll then I'll spoil this movie because I, I really won't care at that point. <laughs> <laughs> I really won't. Um, but hey, hey uh, getting into everything here NBA wise, we had one game Wednesday night. People, Phoenix Suns they got dropped by Milwaukee 109-103. But this game really was not decided till the fourth and final quarter. Tavon, did you see this game Wednesday night? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I, I thought I, I thought this game was very weird for a lot of reasons. Giannis had twenty six points, but he didn't really feel like Giannis contribute any in this game till the fourth quarter. It felt like because Giannis had twenty, I believe, before the first three quarters, and it didn't even feel like Giannis had this. This was really Chris Middleton's breakout game. Fifteen of thirty three. Say whatever you want about the shooting of Middleton, but Middleton came through forty points. Fourth quarter is where Middleton shined the brightest, literally. He, he was 5 of 9, 14 points in that fourth quarter. Giannis, 3 of 4, 7 points in the fourth quarter. And Pat Connaughton with even 8 points in that fourth quarter. And the Bucks won this game just due to a Chris Paul turnover late in the game. And Devin Booker for the Phoenix Suns, you know, after only having 10 points in Game 3, Booker came through in Game 4, 17 of 28 on 42 points. Uh, DeAndre Ayton, 6.17 rebounds. Chris Paul, uh, this was probably his worst finals game yet. 5 of 13, 10 points. Uh, 
what was it, five turnovers? Chris Paul has not had any games in the NBA um, playoffs this year with over two turnovers. So, Tavon, uh, what was your thoughts on the Chris Paul um, low turnovers? What, what, what was your thoughts on this game for Phoenix as well? Hmm. Mm. They were they were pretty much off um, knowing that Milwaukee won game three. Phoenix mm. was supposed to win game four. But mm. then of course Milwaukee they they pretty much kept their momentum going and uh yeah, the Suns had a bad game. They did, uh, uh, but, you know, give credit to the Phoenix Suns. They did shoot the ball way better on the stat sheet. It says 51% to the Milwaukee's 40%. Three-point shooting was abysmal on both sides, 7-23 for Phoenix and 7-29 for Milwaukee. Um, Milwaukee did out-rebound Phoenix 48-40, to uh, assists 22-18. to and the fourth quarter was where Milwaukee really did have this game won. They they were 33. Uh, they scored 33 in that fourth quarter. Held Phoenix to 21 points in the paint. They did win 48 to 46. This game was close throughout the entire game. Nine lead changes, 11 ties. Biggest lead um, for Phoenix was at nine at one point, and the biggest lead for the Milwaukee Bucks was at eight at one point. So the next time we get an NBA Finals game, that's tomorrow night, 9 p.m. Tavon, who do you think is able to win Game Three? Is it Phoenix or Milwaukee? Or sorry, not Game Three, Game Five. Um, I still got Phoenix. They'll be back at home. Yeah, I got Phoenix too. The home game, the home team has won every game so far, and I, I just don't think that trend's going to um, go down as well. So. Um, I don't think it will. But I, I will say this here, though. For people that, you know, for Chris Middleton, by the way, Middleton had this really good game in Game 3. And then Game 4, he was 4 of 20, 0 of 5, 13 points. That is really bad shooting. Really, really bad. Um, So did not want to leave him out of that mist. How about this year, though? For Team USA, Tavon, I don't know what's going on with Team USA, but – I think I'm more right than anyone else will ever be about this basketball team this year because they don't look good. They don't play good. Um, they're, really, they're really now on dog legs. Bradley <laughs> Beal, Kevin Love are going to miss the Tokyo Olympics. The exhibition against Australia was canceled last night. They're scheduled to play Spain Sunday, but they're already one and two. They've already lost two games in exhibition. Um, what is your thoughts on Team USA right now? And is Team USA basically heading to Dead River right now? Mm. It's kind of it's kind of terrible, really. I mean, yeah, it, yeah, it's pretty much terrible. Yeah. I, I just can't I, I can't just see myself you know because because I've already said I was not a fan of the team USA this year and and now it's proving more and more why I'm not going to be a fan of team USA this year because they the, the team the team's not even I mean this is not a team Tavon. they don't even have a whole 12 players now they're they're literally they're tired they, they the first game that they played in exhibition they didn't have any defense the second game they played, they, they they couldn't close out. The third game they played, they couldn't close out. The last game that they played, they were able to win that. So it's 
it, it's just I, I'm I, I just I can't even review Team USA stuff. Like I know people are probably like upset that I won't talk about Team USA for some odd reason on this, you know, or go through final scores and really, but I, I don't see the point of it because because I'm not a fan of this and I, I just haven't been. So, um, how about this here though, getting into some more NBA um, news here. Um, how about this here though? We're getting into more NBA news. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, so um, hey, Washington Wizards though. Uh, West Unsell Jr. Darvin Hamill front runners now for the Washington Wizards head coaching job. Um, this was reported by Adrian Wojnarowski. Um, of course, West Unsell Jr. has served as the Nuggets assistant coach since 2015. He was assistant coach for the Wizards from 2005 to 2011. And he was considered the top contender for this Orlando Magic job, but they hired Jamal Mosley from the Dallas Mavericks assistant just uh, earlier this week. And he was the candidate for the Chicago Bulls job last offseason. And Darvin Ham, he's considered one of the top head coaching candidates among lead assistants and has interviewed for several positions, including Boston last month. He most recently had been on Mike Budenholzer's staff in Milwaukee. Uh, Atlanta Hawks after breaking into the NBA coaching ranks as Los Angeles Lakers assistant in 2011. So, so Tavon, if you were if you were the Wizards, who would you take? Would you take Darvin Hamill, you know, a guy that's had you know more experience and has went to other teams, or would you take West Unsell Jr., who has been the uh, top assistant, you know, you know for uh, you know for this Wizards group, you know, six years, uh, you know, he's seen the Wizards really bad from 05 to 11. Hmm. I would probably say I would probably say Darvin Ham. I I I agree. Darvin Ham just looks more experienced on paper for some reason, and I know that he's been an assistant coach a lot of places, but this is but he's got the more experience. You know, West Unsell Junior. I don't I don't know how he would be. How about this here, though, of, of a couple of stats here, though, for the NBA Finals for Game 5. The Bucks in the 2021 NBA Finals on the road, they're 0-2. Their points per game differential is minus 11.5. Free throw percentage is 62%. Their turnover um, per game goes all the way up to 12. They're 5-6 and six on the road this postseason, 9-1 and one at home, and they're at home in the Finals. They're 2-0. and oh. Their points per game differential goes up by 13. Free throw percentage is at 80 percent, and their turnovers is cut to less than seven. So, I, I, there is a reason why no one is going to see the Bucks, you know, as a favorite for Game Five. That they they literally don't have, they they really don't have a, a good, they really don't have a good core right now at this point for the off for the road. Um, Dallas Mavericks um, duo of Luka Doncic and Kristaps Porzingis. Um, head coach Jason Kidd is excited about working with. Um, Chris Depps and Luca, um, in a news conference Thursday to introduce Kidd as the new general, um, to introduce new general manager Nico Harrison and head coach Jason Kidd. Kidd made it clear that he's convinced that the Mavericks have a legitimate co-star already on the roster in the center slash power forward um, Porzingis that has that has been uh, a major question mark due to Porzingis' underwhelming production history of knee problems, awkward chemistry with Luca. Uh, Kid said this quote, I think he's excited, he's ready to work, and I think you're going to see a different KP. 
Kid said this is a, a positive summer for him. He's healthy. I think he's really excited about this opportunity. I think he's a perfect fit for Luca. He has a skill set that a lot of people don't have in this league. As a coach, I'm very excited to work with him. Kid, as a head coach, a 183 90 career record as a head coach after stints with the Brooklyn Nets and Milwaukee Bucks said he will have to wait until he um, I can look under the hood quote before figuring out specifics regarding how he can help Luka Doncic um, Tavon what, what's your thoughts on this Dallas Mavericks Jason Kidd he's saying that there's going to be a new Christoph Porzingis is, is Dallas a new team this year do you think Dallas is still the same team and will probably be a 6 or 7 seed by the end of next year if if there hasn't been that much of a change, then I would have to say Dallas is still the same team. Yeah, I, I have to agree because I don't see any reasons why I'm why I'm trying to buy into Dallas shit. Because Dallas's issue is not Lucas, not Chris Depps. It's building a team around them, and they don't have any team around them at the moment. And you're going to need team. You're going to definitely need a team in the free agency, and they don't have that yet. And that's the big issue. Um, until I see them make a big free agent splashing, then I can give an exact thought on what I think of that quote. But until then, I'm not, I'm not buying into anything just yet. Um, about this here, going in the wrong direction for the 2021 NBA Finals, Tavon. Chris Paul in game one, he had 32 points, 63% he shot from the field, 57% from three, two turnovers. And from games two to four, he's now under 18 points. He's now under 50% shooting, 36% from three. He's got already over five turnovers per game. His scoring has decreased every game this series. Are, are, do you think this trend will continue at home in Game Five, or do you think Chris Paul will be able to um, break this little break this little drought that he's got going on right now? He'll break the drought. I mean, it was Phoenix on the road, and Milwaukee had the momentum, but now it's um, Game Five at Phoenix's place, and yeah, Chris Paul will break it. I definitely agree, and hopefully he does. Now we're going to get into some NFL stuff here. This is definitely – I never thought that we'd be doing this on this show, but, man, we've got a lot of NFL stuff here, and a lot of it's not good at all if if I really had to say so. Like, there's really not anything that's, you know, good in these stories here. Um of course, um, Richard Sherman. Um, I don't know if you know him, but Richard Sherman, of course, uh, the NFL free agent, Super Bowl champion with the Seattle Seahawks, is facing a second hearing today after release from jail Thursday. He's got four pending charges, one for criminal trespassing, two for mildest mis- um, mischief, three of resisting arrest, four a DUI. Um, the judge, you know, did release Richard Sherman, but there is, you know, Richard Sherman, of course, there is even 911 calls where Richard Sherman's wife, um, said that he was drunk and threatening to kill himself before the arrest and was even arresting and was even texting family members. Now, Richard Sherman's wife did say this here, Tavon, 
She said, I didn't make those calls and that he's a good person. But then they released the 911 footage and she was very distraught and scared. Even worse, Tavon, there's even now video footage of Richard Sherman trying to break into the door. And it's not good. Um, What's your thoughts on this here from the Richard Sherman? It's a bit, it's a bit shocking, knowing that it's pretty much Richard Sherman, but at the same time, you kind of have to feel that it's sort of not shocking, because because I mean, there's this obvious trend, there's the obvious trend pretty much in the like last ten years of like NFL players like doing bad stuff. There really is, and and you can go back to Antonio Brown just two years ago. Remember Antonio Brown, Tavon? He was mm-hmm. really losing his, you know, cool, you know, trying to, you know, of course, Antonio Brown would go on Instagram Live after, you know, calling the police on his wife, trying to get um, his car back from her where she had three kids that she was taking care of of his and, you know, constantly cheating. And, of course, so it's... It's very bad, and it leaves a really bad sight for NFL players because the first thing that you always hear of is it's CTE and it's concussion related, and and that and it can go all the and it can be traced back to wrestling because remember you know Chris Benoit you know was mm-hmm. the same way with the CTE incident. And I, I don't like that. I don't. Um, but but I understand. You know you know I don't think everything's due to CTE, but but this is uh, it's not a good look. It's just not. And then, Tavon, we go from something else different. In fact, it's the complete opposite. The Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback, uh, Dwayne Haskins, was injured not by himself, but by his wife. And his wife is now facing – and his wife is facing a domestic violence charge. Um, Mm, The quarterback said that this – well, this occurred in Las Vegas hotel room earlier this month. Um, his wife is facing a felony charge for battery, battery and domestic <laughs> violence, resulting in bodily harm stemming from an alleged altercation on July 3rd at the Cosmopolitan. And apparently, Haskins has a reported split upper lip and is missing a tooth and suffered under injuries to his mouth that would require dental work to replace his teeth. Haskins posted this here on Thursday, however, that he is not missing any teeth. He said, I appreciate the concern. However, I have off my teeth. He wrote on his Instagram story, don't believe everything you read, peace. Um, what's your thoughts on this here? I don't think we've ever had a thing in the NFL where the wife beat the husband to this point. Um, I don't know if we've ever had, but what's your thoughts on this? Mm, we never had. Uh, it's just it's just shameful. It's weird. I just don't get it. I, I don't get neither. You, you know why? Why can't people just get along nicely? You know, I'm, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to be rude. But come on, man, you, you're in Las Vegas with your wife. There ain't no reason that she should be beating your ass this bad, man. Come on now. I, I, I'm, I'm not trying to make fun or anything. But come on, you're in Las Vegas with your wife. That's, that's like the place where you can have the most fun with your wife. You know. I tell you what, when I hear stories like this, Tavon, this makes me scared to be married. I, I'm not gonna lie. I, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I get scared it's, to be- yeah, because uh, I'll, I'll tell you one thing. I mean, if 
if you or other people want to marry, that's fine. But I'm at, but I'm at that point where I, where I pretty much just told myself that, hey, marriage is overrated. Wait, normal love relationships are overrated. You're better off being, you're better off being friends with pretty much everybody because at least you get to hang out with them and it doesn't limitate you. That is true. That is true. You actually make good, wise points, Tavon. You know, you actually really do, man. I, I'm, I, I still believe I will get married one day, but man, it, I mean, I hear stories about this. Whew, I'm, I'm not, I, 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 I take them a little bit slower. Let's, let's say that I take the days a little bit more slower. How about this here, though? Some good news, though. Finally, we can move on to some, at least some better news. Carolina Panthers offensive tackle Taylor Moten receipt reached a four-year, $72 million extension. The Carolina Panthers and the off, um, and the offensive tackle, uh, agreed to that deal. Um, on uh, Thursday, um, the extension includes a $43 million guarantee at signing. Um, of course, Moten became the fourth player of the, of the last 10 to receive franchise, um, tags this year. Um, to reach a long-term contract, he was joining Dallas Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott, New York Giants defensive lineman Leonard Williams, and, def- and Denver Broncos safety Justin Simmons. The others were Chris Godwin of Tampa Bay, Chicago Bears wide receiver Allen Robertson, New Orleans Saints safety Marcus um, Williams, New York Jets Marcus May, Jacksonville Jaguars offensive tackle Cam Robinson, and Washington football team's guard Brandon Schiff um, will play the 2021 season on their franchise tag. Moten, 26, he became the starting right tackle in Carolina in 2018 and started every game the past three seasons. His new deal at an average of $18 million per season ties him with Philadelphia's offensive um, Lane Johnson for the second among NFL tackles and sixth overall in all, um, among all offensive tackles. He's... Um, so, I mean, congratulations to Moten. I mean, he's going to get, he's definitely got money. And I, I will say, I will say everybody likes to play when they're not on the franchise tag because you, you want a long-term contract and shout out to him. You know, he was able to get a long-term contract, uh, new England Patriots quarterback, Cam Newton. He said he views coming season as put up or shut up time. Cam Newton, of course, it does YouTube vlogs and stuff weekly. Um, a couple of weeks back, he said that this is the first time he's been healthy, Tavon, since the 2016-2017 season. He said before that, he said he's just been playing like a wounded animal. He said now that he's healthy. Of course, um, Newton um, also has, you know, said here, too, that, you know, he said that it's obviously he was not good enough and noted that performance in 2020. And he's expressed confidence that the 2021 season could be different. Um, he told Keyshawn Johnson on the Keyshawn J. Will and Sabat show on ESPN in the morning that th- there's a different boogie going into this season than there was last year. Um, Newton's 32. He's He's got a one-year contract. The Patriots, remember, in the first round they drafted Matt Jones, 15th overall. Do you think this is Cam Newton finally being able to finally now break out and finally now have a great season, or do you think that – Cam Newton's basically now at the end of his run now as a great quarterback, Tavon, in the NFL. I wouldn't say he's at the end of his one. I mean, he could turn out different. He definitely could. Uh, I will say 2020, I did not think he was going to get an NFL job after the Patriots did not make the playoffs and everything because I was 
I was like, man, I said, because, I mean, if Cam Newton doesn't have a great season this year, I'm not saying he won't have an NFL job, but I say he'll be a backup quarterback somewhere next year if if he is not if he's not able to get this team to over 10 wins in New England. And New England fans want 10 wins or better because that's what they're accustomed to, and that's what they were always accustomed to with Tom Brady for the um the for all their time they had him. And the NFL, they're going to fund $4 million study to prevent and treat hamstring injuries. Um, the NFL is finding a study that will investigate the prevention of treatment of hamstring injuries. They are the most common NFL injuries, and nearly 75% of them has resulted in missing time. The league's significant advisory board announced a four-year, $4 million award to a team of medical researchers led by the University of Wisconsin. Um, the study is part of the NFL's effort to better understand and prevent lower extremity injuries, including soft tissue strains such as hamstrings. Um, I actually don't mind this, but doesn't it feel like the NBA should be doing something about this here too? I mean, no offense, LeBron James, he had a hamstring injury just um, two years back. Anthony Davis had the groin injury. Why isn't Adam Silver doing this for the NBA? I mean, did you, did you see how many players that we had this inj- injury this year? Mm-hmm. Definitely. You should do I, something. I, I, I'm just very shocked. Like, the NFL is doing this, but the NBA won't be doing this. And you and there was a lot of players that had hamstring injuries. So I don't – this is it, – it's good that the NFL is doing it, but I thought that the NBA should be the first to do it. Um, Weekend pay-per-views this weekend. We've got Slammiversary Saturday night. Slammiversary, um, of course, you can buy that pay-per-view for $54.99 on the Fight Plus app or the Impact Plus app. Um, here is the card for this weekend's um, Impact Slammiversary for tomorrow night. Um, the main event's Kenny Omega versus Sammy Callahan. It's a no-disqualification match for the Impact World Championship. Ooh. Tavon, is Kenny Omega losing this championship or no? Uh, how long has... He held the bell. Let me see here. I'm going to use Wikipedia. Uh, Let me see. Uh, Going all the way down. Uh, He's been champion 80 plus days. Oh. The Impact? Yep, the Impact champion. Yep, Kenny Omega's been champion 80 plus days. Hmm. Yeah, sure. I could see Sammy winning winning the belt. I think it's still too early. I don't think he's I don't think Kenny's dropping it yet. I think Kenny drops all of his belts at once. Because we'll get into um, you know, on AEW what happened Wednesday, but I but I don't think this is the right time just yet. Yeah. Uh, it ultimate is, yeah, it is early. I'll admit. Yeah. Yeah. Ultimate X match for the Impact X Division Championship. Josh Alexander defends it against Petey Williams, Trey Miguel, Ace Austin, Chris Bay, and Rahit Raju. This should actually be the best match on the card. This really should be. Um, But I don't see Josh Alexander winning this. Um, I think Josh Alexander loses it, and I think Ace Austin gets back his um, X Division Championship. What about you? Who do you think could win this? Sure. Ace Austin could win it. But I could probably see Chris Bay winning it. 
That is true. Chris Bay does. I think Chris Bay is very, very underrated. I'm very surprised that, you know, AEW has not brought him in. They have a working relationship with Impact, and Chris Bay always says on Twitter all the time he would love to be working an AEW match. So Uh, we got Chris Saban versus Moose. That should be actually very underrated. Uh, Deanna Perrazzo defends her Impact Knockouts Championship against a to-be-announced um, violent by design, Eric Young, Diener, Joe Doring, or Rhino will take on Rich Swan and Willie Mack versus TJP and Fallabaugh versus the Good Brothers. It's a four-way tag team impact world championship um, tag team title match. I, I think that Rich Swan and Willie Mack beat violent by design and TJP and Fallabaugh and the Good Brothers because I don't see the Good Brothers getting back the belts. Um, TJP and Fallabaugh... I don't see that happening. Um, and Violent by Design, you know, usually they start changing titles out, like all these mid-card titles. So I think Willie Mack and Rich One win. Rich One does need a championship. You know, he he's not in the Impact Championship picture anymore. So I, I definitely think that he could. Um, what about you, Tavon? Mm, yeah, sure. Rich Swan and Willie Mack. Uh, tag team uh, match for the women. It's the Impact Knockout Tag Team titles. Fire and Flava, Kira Hogan and Tasha Steeles take on Havoc and Rosemary. Um, I, I, I do feel like Havoc and Rosemary are going to win this for some reason. I, I don't see Fire and Flava holding on to the titles much more longer. Um, Eddie Edwards versus W. Morsey. That's the former big cast in WWE. I don't, I don't see. Um, I don't see this being a good match. I really don't. I, I don't have that feeling. Um, Matt Cardona and a partner of his choosing will take on Brian Myers and Tennille Dashwood. This pretty much is now going to be Chelsea Green. This is huh. really going to be Chelsea Green. So, um, so yeah. Uh, and she's been teased heavily on Impact. I, I, she is in the Ring of Honor Women's Tournament table. She is in that. Yeah. But but I but I don't see a, I, I don't see why she couldn't be in this. Um, so definitely. Um, how about this here though? Um, one last little NBA note here. The Phoenix Suns assistant um, coach, Willie Green, is reaching a deal to become the New Orleans Pelicans' next head NBA coach. So congratulations to Willie Green. He's 39 years old. He will become the third youngest coach in the NBA, only behind the Oklahoma City Thunder's Mark um, Denote at 35 and Memphis Grizzlies head coach Taylor Jenkins, 36. Willie Green actually played seven of his 12 seasons in New Orleans. So this is actually something huge. And for the Space Jam 2 premiere um, this past week, Mark Phillips and RDC World 1 got to meet LeBron James. Congratulations to them. Um, Mm -hmm. Huge congratulations to them. Um, And LeBron James is even – LeBron James even made references that he even watches them because LeBron was yelling something, saying, I'm 36 and I need help. And that's what Mark (laughs) Phillips and them always do. And I'm I'm like, oh, my God, he really mentioned that, so – (laughs) <laughs> Shout out to RDC World One. They're they're making history, man. They they met J Cole and Boz last week, and this week they're they're already meeting LeBron. That's incredible stuff. Mm-hmm. A- incredible, incredible stuff. So now we can get into some more wrestling stuff. Of course, the Go Big Show on TBS. It's renewed for a season two, and it will have Cody Rhodes back again. Um, they're filming for the um, the next season, and it will begin next month in Georgia. DJ Callie will join the show as an executive producer. 
Hmm. Um, their judges will be Cody Rhodes, Snoop Dogg, and Rosario Dawson. Um, no Jennifer Nettles on this, um, from what I'm seeing. So um, I wonder who's going to be the fourth person. But um, congratulations to Cody and them. You know this means that Cody has to take off TV, though, because – Yeah, pretty much. Get, yeah, because he's going to have to miss a month or two of TV. So there's there's no way that he's going to be able to – do that. Um, I'm pretty sure they're going to have a Malachi Black segment where um, Malachi um, Black takes him out. So, uh, some um, let me see here, and then of course we're going to get into some WWE news and notes here, um, some AEW news and notes. Matt Hardy, um, of course, this mm-hmm. past week he and his wife Rebby Hardy had their first daughter. Um, so congratulations mm-hmm. to them. So. Um, um, Matt Hardy says she's given four beautiful children in six years. All four births have been natural home births, which she's handled like an absolute warrior. Um, congratulations to them. Their um, their daughter's name will be Evermore Hardy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so congratulations to them. Um, but four children in six years, Tavon. Whew. Could you ever what? have a woman? Could you ever have a woman give you that many kids in six years? Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, probably not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, I'd be lucky if I did that, but that's also really crazy, though. That's that's like really crazy. Um, hey, shout out to them, though. Um, how about this here, though? Edge wrote on his Instagram post ahead of posting, um, ahead of teaming with Ray and Dominic Mysterio against Roman Reigns and the Usos on SmackDown tonight. Um, Edge said, the "Quote: This Friday, I get to do something I never thought I'd do again: share a ring with Ray and team with his son." For the first time, I don't um, want this to get too syrupy, but let's face it. I don't know how much longer Ray or I do this crazy thing called wrestling. I do know the window is closing. So this Friday on SmackDown, I'm going to savor it. I get to share the ring maybe for the last time with my dear friend, who I can honestly say I love. We've been through a lot together over the years. We've won tag team titles together, battled each other. One of my favorite opponents laughed until we cried and lost dear friends, but I know the that chemistry we've had since day one will still be there. Ray is a living legend is tossed around too much, but in this case without an iota of a doubt true and to be for every tiny part of Dom's rise, man, I'm so proud to go out there with them in front of people. Finally can't wait. Houston can't wait. Beautiful moment from edge. Uh, and, and it is a mm-hmm. very, very, and, and people do forget that Edge and Rey Mysterio were uh, – they had a very good rivalry, but they were also tag team champions. People do forget about that a lot. So um, they also do. Of course, we did lose a WWE legend this past week. Paul Orndorff passed away. Um, and condolences to Paul Orndorff and his family. Um, yeah, definitely. Um, um, what you call it? But I, I, I did not see any Paul Orndorff. Really, I've 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 watched a lot back though over the last couple of years though of WCW. I, I did he, see I did see Wrestle the first WrestleMania and he was in the main event. Well, I actually saw the WCW match that he had with Cactus Jack, um, and that match was like really good for its time, and it really was a great match. You know, one thing about Paul Orndorff, he really you know fun fact, Tavon, he actually never wanted to be a professional wrestler. Did you know that? Oh, oh wow, I didn't even know that. No, no, he actually was an NFL player. He actually was a he actually was a very good college football player, but in the NFL he couldn't make it on any teams because he was medically disqualified from playing. So mm-hmm. Paul Orndorff never really wanted to get into wrestling because he thought that it was just a fake business. And 
Paul Orndorff actually was a shoot fighter. He actually was someone that really liked to fight, and he got into a lot of street fights. He's took a lot of he took a lot of helmet to helmet hits in football, took a lot of beatings in street fights. Um, so definitely, Paul Orndorff really was a man's man. He really he really fought crazy. He was he he. He's 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 known as one of being one of the best street fighters ever and never losing one. So um, mm. that is, it's really crazy to think about. But this guy was this guy really did not. Um, he, he really liked to whoop people's ass <laughs> um, <laughs> during an appearance on Insight with Chris Valbeat. Um, that's on YouTube. Um, Buddy Murphy discussed not being comfortable with kissing Aaliyah Mysterio during their angle last year. Um, quote, I wasn't comfortable kissing Aaliyah. I did this because it was my job, and I was going to create more drama in the story. Originally, there was no kiss script. They, they, the producers, went and they talked to Vince about something. They come back and they pitch it to me, but they are kind of weird. Then they say, and then you kiss her. He said, I started laughing and saying, go fuck off. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but then they are like, no, we are serious. I look at the other producer, and he was like, he nodded his head, and I'm like, no way. He said, how did you come back with this? He said, my whole thing was I had to play it very carefully. I said to them, I'm not going to express feelings to her. I can't pursue her. She has to pursue me. That was because of the age um, difference. You don't make it any easier when you use my birthday as the message. So now then you've given the fans the information of how old he is. How old is she? What? I think them saying happy birthday basically just out at that. I wasn't comfortable mm. with it, but they didn't help with the situation. I'm like, what does um, Aaliyah think about it? They go and they say she's cool with it. And I'm like, what? They went to her <laughs> first. <laughs> I thought she was going to shoot it down. So then I go, what about Ray? And then they say they're okay with it. And I'm like, well, if they're okay with it, I can't be that um, – that one that goes whatever. I was very blunt with them. I couldn't. I can't pursue her. If I do, I'm a creep. I'm a pedophile. As people say on the internet, if she goes for me, except she's how? I mean, she's pretty much over eighteen at that point. True, but at the same time, though, I do understand why people did this because remember, they actually didn't send this to him. They did this to his ex girlfriend Alexa Bliss, and mm. that was the and that was the issue that that was like. But Buddy did say this here though. He said, if she goes for me, she's an empowered woman that knows what she wants. I think that sold her on a Hollywood-style kiss. Murphy said, I'm not in Hollywood. What's a Hollywood-style kiss? They explained the camera shots. We're on live TV. You can't do these behind the head, uh, head camera shots. There's eight cameras on you. Who knows which one they are going to shoot you on. If there's a gape, the whole thing's done. Seth was nervous about it because the whole storyline rides on this one kiss. I'm uncomfortable, and she's new. We're out there and about to cut the promo, and I said to her that this needs to look good. If you have any second minds, I'm giving you the green light. Do whatever you want. It's 100% you. Do what you need to do. This needs to look good. It looks it looked great. The aftermatch wasn't great for me, but we're both adults. We're both are acting. We gave each other a high five after, and that was it. So, I mean, congratulations to Murphy, but I know Murphy did not – he did not like this, um, and I can't blame Murphy at all. I really couldn't. Um, but you know, um, congrats to them. So, <laughs> um, some bad wrestling news. Um, Michael Elgin, the former Impact Wrestling wrestler of last year, 
um, and he was cut during the pandemic, uh, during the Me Too movement, was arrested for a violation protection order. Um, and this was um, reported by a Wrestling News Co. report that said Elgin was arrested on June 29th, um, days after he was reported missing on Facebook, but was later said to be found. His ex fiance who Wrestling News Co. identified by her first name, Alex, filed the order of protection on May 21st after leaving her home in April due to safety concerns. She said that um, she was being abused physically, mentally, verbally, and emotionally by Elgin. Alex, to talk to Co-Wrestling News, said that Elgin has violated every order over 60 times and has used suicide um, manipulation tactics. Um, she said, quote, I had a plan to leave a few times before, but always backed out from fear. Since I have left, I have received um, hundreds of phone calls, hundreds of text messages, numerous videos and suicide threats from him. He has reached out to my friends and family. Whenever I go or someone, he has reached out to block him. He uses the free text calling apps to make a fake number and continues to call and text, sometimes saying it's him, sometimes pretending to be other people. I've asked not um, asked him not to contact me. Um, so, yeah, um, not a good look. Um, I, I, I did hear that Michael Elgin went missing like a couple of months back, but, I mean, now it's... I mean, this is very, this is, um, this is a very weird story here. Um, uh, what, what do you think about this, Javon? Um, it's, it's pretty much puzzling. Very puzzling. Um, how about this here, though? Um, getting into some more WWE, um, news here. Of course, Walter is injured and will no longer be facing Ilya Dragunov on next week's Oh, that's why the match is delayed. Exactly, yep. Um, so it was announced on yesterday's NXT UK that Walter had suffered injury to his left hand and is unable to defend his UK championship against Dragunov. Um, the injury was blamed on a backstage altercation between Walter and Dragunov that wasn't shown. And um, I feel like they're, they're saving this for a takeover. That's all. I feel this is being saved for takeover. Um, they wouldn't be doing this um, if this was an XYZ reason, so... Um, Candy Cartwright, she dropped her lawsuit against WWE's Matt Riddle. Um, TMZ Force reported that news that the real name Sarah Talbot, um, um, former Candy Cartwright of Evolve, um, filed for a dismissal on Monday. It's unknown what the predication, the decision, or whether that was a financial settlement. But Candy Cartwright did have proof, Tavon, that Riddle was cheating and she had more proof that her and Riddle were dating and everything, and Riddle, you know, cheated on his wife with her. And, of course, she was saying that, of course, uh, the reason that she was being suing Riddle was because, um, of course, that she refused sex and Riddle wanted sex from her. And um, what is, What's your thoughts on this? Hmm. So you're saying she did have proof? Oh yeah, oh yeah. There was legit proof. There's there's proof of her texting him, and he's texting back, and there's photos of them kissing and everything. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's pretty much strange. Very strange. Uh, we got um, the new date set for the Broken School Sessions with Kevin Nash. It's supposed to be Sunday, but also Sunday is supposed to be season two of the Ruthless Aggression Era. 
So I don't know if we're getting any of that um, on Peacock. Can't, um, I'm not going to say if we are or not. Uh, the Varsity Blondes, they're officially signed with AEW. Congratulations to the Varsity Blondes. Um, they they officially signed with them. Um, I thought they were already signed, though, to be honest. I really did. I honestly did. I honestly thought the Varsity Blondes was already signed. They they signed uh, four days ago, and congratulations to the Varsity Blondes. Uh, Chris Hero, the former Cassius Ono of WWE, he was backstage as an agent for Ring of Honor, um, Best in the World pay-per-view. Um, what are your thoughts on Cassius Ono now becoming an agent for Ring of Honor? It's pretty interesting. I mean, a guy like Chris Hero, I mean, him being an agent, I mean, he'll pretty much give knowledge to pretty much all the younger talent and pretty much lead them to success. He will, but also, you know, he was already a coach, really, in WWE for the NXT system. So so now, you know, I mean, this is going to be Chris Hero's comfort zone. So Ring of Honor should have way better matches than the only problem is Ring of Honor just never has viewers. That's always been the big issue. Yeah. Um, of course, we got the latest AEW video game. It will be released. Um, it's actually it actually released yesterday. It's AEW Elite General Manager, and it is available on Google Play and the Apple Store. So, um, from their website, players can manage and take control of over ninety wrestlers on the roster, challenge friends or rival GMs worldwide in both casual and ranked online play. So, congratulations to them. Um, I, I, I did hear the AEW Casino game was not met with positive reviews because it really was just like any other casino game with nothing special. <laughs> <AW>. <laughs> I did hear that. So, um, of course, Buddy Murphy's he's been announced for his first post WWE match. Um, it's at an independent event on September 18th. Um, it's um, in the former 2300 arena of ECW for battleground championship wrestling. It's Buddy Murphy taking on Brian cage. Wow, this is going to be a great match. Hmm. That that's going to really be a great match. Um, let's see what else we got here for other stuff here. Um, do, 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 do. I'm going to cover the wrestling ratings when we do the TV stuff. Um, how about this here? Uh, additional WWE NXT um, taping is set for next week. Tavon, of course, Tuesday we'll have NXT live like usual, but the next day NXT will be taped. Because um, the next week um, after that, it's the Olympics starting. Ah. So this, so that's the reason why it's being taped. So um, from what I've been told, the July 27th episode of NXT will not take place on the USA Network, but will instead premiere on the Sci-Fi Network. And it will what, appear what, for at... For real? Yep, at 8 p.m. And wow. WrestleNomics has reported that the Tuesday, August 3rd episode of NXT will also air on Sci-Fi due to the conflict with the Olympics. So, huh. yeah, uh, definitely. This is to, and remember, if you go to the NXT tapings, Davon, they will actually give you a special commemorative item. Of course, this taping takes place Wednesday, the same time another show in wrestling comes on at 8 p.m. on TNT. <laughs> so so that's the so that's the reason why they had to give you a special commemorative item. Um like, hey, don't 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 go to that other place or watch that other show. We're we're only ones that are doing that. 
<laughs> and despite having a broken leg, Tavon, UFC 264 does over 1.8 million pay-per-view buys. Mm. Incredible. In fact, it, um, this did 1.3 um, in America and over 500,000 um, internationally. And, um, of course, the prelims on the ESPN show at 8 p.m. did 1.615 million viewers and was the most viewed program of the day. The number is up 11% better from when McGregor and Portier fought in January with the um, the 1.454 mil. Um, This is incredible. Incredible number for the UFC. They had 1.8 million buys. Incredible. Mm. However, though... If you are an ESPN Plus subscriber, Tavon, this is where the pod part gets um, bad because ESPN Plus will now be raising up their monthly price from $5.99 a month to $6.99 a month with annual plans with increasing to $69.99 per year over the $59.99 that is starting in wow. mid-August. Well, I will say yeah, – that's I will say, well, remember, Tavon, remember they did that with Disney Plus a couple of months back. Remember, Disney Plus was $7.99. Now Disney Plus is now over eight bucks. Mm. So, um, and Hulu as well will be going up as well. Um, I've, I've not been told how much Hulu will be going up. I think it will be going up another dollar or two. But, but remember, it, remember it, it, Disney, Hulu, and ESPN Plus. Yeah, um, their bundle. Yep, yep, thirteen ninety nine a month, I believe, and I believe they'll be going up to what fifteen ninety nine a month. Some it's mm. it's another crazy number that they're going up to. I, I've I've not been told how much they'll be going up to, but I was told that that expect a, another big price um, change as well. For better or worse, I, I'm not a fan of these um, price changes. I mean, yeah, definitely. I, the, I mean, that's tragic. I, I, I mean, come on. Exactly. I thought the 5.99 was already like, it, it, 5.99 is a good price for ESPN Plus. It really is. But, but I understand why they're doing it because they got the NHL coming in next year and all this shit. So it's just like, uh, whatever. Um, how about this here though? The former Arturo Ruas spoke to Wrestling Inc. about the Raw Underground concept. Arturo Ruas said Raw Underground was totally different than what he's seen in pro wrestling matches. He said, quote, I had so much fun doing it, and I had the opportunity to talk with a lot of people, and there was very, it was very good there. I had so much fun on the show. It was supposed to be nonstop running all the time, but the pandemic sucks, and the pandemic changed the lives of millions of people, so Raw Underground died because of the pandemic. That's actually not true because they were filming that shit during the pandemic. So what the hell is he talking yeah. about? Um, and then Arturo Ruas, Tavon, he was actually supposed to be in the diamond mine. Hmm. And then they released him. Wow. <laughs> in, in, fact, in fact, here's what happened. The day of on Tuesday, they have NXT. He was supposed to be coming in as the diamond mine next week. And then the next day, he received a phone call saying, well, we have to release you for budgetary cuts. Mm. I, I, I was laughing because I'm like, like you really were supposed to join the diamond mine. Like, like you got drafted to raw. Like what the hell happened to that? Like, Oh man. Uh, speaking with TV insider, Johnny Gargano spoke on taking up a mentor, a bastard role with NXT. He said, quote, there's always, that's always been my goal. I wanted to give what I could. I've all, I'm always a big-time player just doing what is best for the show and the brand and the company. I'm a big proponent of preparing for the future of NXT, being able to mentor Austin Theory, Andy Hartwell, and give my thoughts and insights wherever they are needed. 
and also help out younger people on the show. I'm very proud of what I've did in NXT. The Seeker is just consistently changing and evolving and bringing something new to the table. Um, Blair Devonport, the former Bree Priestley, spoke to TalkSport on what led her to sign with WWE. She said, I want to do everything that I wanted to do, then come to this part of my life. She said, during the pandemic, there was a small window. Obviously, I got cut from AEW because my visa expired and there was no help, um, no hope for a new visa happening at that, that time. There was a tiny window in August where people who had Japan visas could go back. So I went back to Japan. I love stardom so much, but this time, I think I was the only foreigner there, whereas before, I had a group of friends with me. I love the roster, but I did feel very isolated, and I started to feel stagnant with my role. And feeling like there was only so much I could do with the company before I stayed in the same position. I hate being stagnant, and I want to be like, I need to do something for me now. This is when we got in touch with WWE and we were chanting. And I want a bit of time um, at home as well um, to get a bit of rest. But I love NXT UK so much, and it's definitely where I want to be right now. So congratulations to um, B Priestley. Congratulations to her. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is going to be a good help for NXT UK. Um, so definitely. UFC 266. We're getting uh, Nate Diaz versus Robbie Lawler 2. Um, of course, Tavon, if you don't really know about this here, this fight happened seven years ago. So mm-hmm. we, we were very young when this happened. Um, also on this show here, we're going to also be getting, um, two title fights, um, on the UFC show. We're going to be, um, the show will be main evented by the featherweight champion Alexander Volkanovsky versus the Korean zombie Brian Ortega. Um, the two were set to fight in March, but Volkanovsky withdrew due to getting COVID-19. So, um, now, and the two have been coaches on this, on this season of the Ultimate Fighter. Um, on ESPN Plus, which you can check out. And the co-main event will feature the women's flyweight champion Valentino the Bullet Shinshenko defending against Lauren Murphy. Uh, Tavon, one thing you should know about Valentino Shinshenko, she's where people would think Ronda Rousey is if Ronda Rousey was still in the UFC. Because Valentino Shinshenko, mm. she's look, looking for her sixth title defense, um, and she's won every one of them. She's five. She's got five straight wins. She's the Bullet. She's unbeaten. You ain't beaten Valentino the Bullet Shinshenko. In fact, Tavon, this is how bad she is, okay? She punches you so hard in the face and then afterwards does a ballerina dance. <laughs> That's got to be the worst insult ever. But, man, man if, if, I, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what, man. Shout out to any woman that fights. That is a tough challenge to face the bullet of the UFC. So mm. it, That is very, very tough. And now we can get into our WWE shows. We've got we had three shows, of course, this week. We had WWE Monday Night Raw, we had NXT Tuesday, we had AEW Wednesday, and of course we'll have Friday Night SmackDown tonight. But of course we really can't review SmackDown because there's nothing really to talk about. And and I would review SmackDown Tavon, but this Raw show was taped. Okay, this Raw show was taped. Yeah. And remember, they announced a match for two weeks down the road. It was AJ Styles and almost defending their Raw Tag Team titles against yeah. the Viking Raiders. And then what happened on this show? They said it's at Money in the Bank Sunday. I and mean, it was like, here's the thing. I, I didn't necessarily mind that because in all honesty, that 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 Raw Tag Team Championship match should have probably been at a pay-per-view. Did it have to be at, at a wall, it didn't have to be. So it's yeah. it, it it didn't have to be, but they do need something for Raw Monday, and 
it was a good and it was something that they could have had. But also, Tavon, you have to look at this here too in this way here. You do have to look at this here in this way as well. You know, they they should have also not been trying to plan a feud with Natalia and Tamina versus Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke. And then mm. Natalia's added into the money in the bank for no reason. And then Tamina gets yeah. added into the money in the bank for no reason. <laughs> yeah. And and so 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 there was a lot of issues on the and, and people and people will then get mad and say, well, how are you like? Did you see Vince tear up the script? No, we haven't seen Vince tear up the fucking script. But it's obviously he tears up these fucking scripts because because yeah, we, because there much. was some, I was hoping I was hoping for some I was hoping for pretty much a surprise t- tonight on SmackDown. Who is going to be the final one? Nope, we we get to me now. Exactly. Yeah. So, so of course, this is the final WWE Thunderdome show. It is officially. There's no more Thunderdome shows after this, people. So we're gonna. Um, and then they gave you a, a graphic honoring Mr. Wonderful Port Wonder. So our first match, Tavon. Remember, the week before we were supposed to get Bobby Lashley, Xavier Woods, but we didn't. So you know what they said, Tavon? Fuck you. We're getting this match and we're gonna like it. And they gave us ten minutes in this match. I didn't like this match because here's yeah, why I don't like it. I didn't either. It, it, I mean, knowing that if it was the main event, it could have been worse. But hey, I'm just happy it was an, it was the opening match because that match was going to drag anyway. It, it really was. Ten-minute match. Uh, Lashley whoops his ass for 95% of this match. And then, of course, Xavier Woods gets the roll-up pin. And, like, I understand it's... It's a different victory, but Tavon, the whole storyline is that Lashley needs to be off his edge. That's been the whole storyline this entire time. So, like, I didn't like when people were saying, well, Xavier Woods got this upset victory and it's different. Like, it's not different because literally the entire show, Tavon, the commentators said that Xavier Woods didn't deserve the victory. The, you know, MVP and Bobby Lashley kept undermining Xavier Woods. So, So if the New Day ever break up, Xavier Woods is not going to get anywhere in WWE because they've already told you no. They've already told you no. Like Xavier Woods losing – Xavier Woods being Bobby Lashley is a joke. And that, and that's the mm-hmm. whole entire point of the show. They kept telling you the entire time it was the joke. Like, And I didn't like that. I, I didn't like that at all. Um, so then, of course, Bobby Lashley then walked away. Um, and then Kevin Patrick approached MVP in the back. And asked if it was true that Lashley left the building and MVP said, yes, this was true, but it wasn't a big deal. He just wanted to blow off some steam, but he would be back for the MVP lounge in the main event tonight. I do have to um, clarify this here, though. If you hear any thunder in the background, Tavon, that is outside. So, so people, I am making ah. note that if this does go down, this episode is still going to be uploaded and we'll just have to come back later. But like I said, we're just going to go out with a bang because we've we've had five days off and everything. So that's why. So that's why I will say, because um, the thunder is going on right now. So that's why. Um, we had Jinder Mahal arrive again as like the Undertaker with that red motorcycle, and then Veer and Shanky handed him Drew McIntyre's sword. Alexa Bliss's um, playground. Man, this was. I hope these two never feud because how are you going to protect anybody? <laughs> Alexa Bliss <laughs> was excited for the live crowds. The good news is they're getting rid of the doll. That is good. But the bad news is Eve Marie and Alexa Bliss, this promo was not good. In fact, Alexa Bliss didn't even want Eve Marie on the damn show. She wanted Dewdrop. Uh, 
And then, <laughs> and then Marie was annoyed that Bliss um, wasn't paying enough attention to her, so she left and Dewdrop left. And and then they um, and then of course and then we have the Drew McIntyre Jim Mahal segment. People keep telling me Tavon because I was on the show yesterday with um, our friend Ryan, um, Top Rope Nation, and Kyle Ross. He kept saying, "Oh, Drew McIntyre's winning Money in the Bank." Obviously, he didn't watch Raw Monday because Drew McIntyre is getting ready to get into a feud with Jinder Mahal. <laughs> I, I was, I was like, I was like, you really think he's winning Money in the Bank? I'm like, okay. Uh, so Mahal is in the ring, and he said that he was going to get back Drew McIntyre's sword if McIntyre came down and shook his hand and apologized. And McIntyre appeared on the screen instead. Tavon, this reminded me of a WWE 2K video game cutscene. The crowd's all quiet. The the, it's it's so cheesy. Drew McIntyre says that like so so of course Mahal, you know, broke Drew McIntyre's sword. But then Drew McIntyre said, "You never bring your actual stuff to the um show." And then he has the actual damn sword in his hand. <laughs> I'm like I'm like you just said you don't bring your actual stuff to the show. He said he said but this motorcycle. <gasps> he said. This isn't a replica, and he breaks the damn motorcycle and then kicked it over. <laughs> oh yeah, that him, Drew McIntyre breaking that that motorcycle. That 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 was so funny. That easily reminded me of Triple H and Undertaker their build up at WrestleMania Seven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know what though? At least Triple H and Undertaker. At least you knew both of them were gonna have a very great future. I don't know about McIntyre Mahal for this feud because this feud is already kind of like really weird and now it's going to get weirder. <laughs> and of course, you know, it's so, so of course we're going to get Drew McIntyre, Jim Mahal and Jim Mahal is going to screw McIntyre at money in the bank Sunday. That's now obvious now at this point. Um, elsewhere, Riddle approached Nikki Ash because that's actually her now name. He wondered why she doesn't just fly above the ladder to grab the contract. <laughs> She she let him know that she was almost a superhero. So you know what I did, Tavon? I fast forwarded to where they just went to the commercial and then came back from the commercial with the match because I'm not <laughs> I'm not dealing with that shit no more. So uh, but but Riddle did say, um, wait, I thought she said she couldn't fly because uh, like because she was uh, so it was just I I was just, I know. So then we had a fatal four way match. This match was really weird in every aspect because okay. If it was Naomi versus Asuka, the match was good. If it featured anything else, the match was bad. So here's what you got between your first commercial break. You had Eva Marie and Dewdrop come out to distract Alexa Bliss. And this was actually funny because uh, Eva Marie was about to throw a shoe at her. She said, she said back up. She, <laughs> she literally she took her shoe off because exactly. she was that scared. <laughs> and, then, and then this was the thing was she was nice to Dewdrop, and Dewdrop was nice to her. And then Dewdrop punched her, and then Dewdrop – Threw her over the barricade, and then when they looked, she was gone, and she didn't come <laughs> back for the rest of the match. And then we had a three-way, and then Nikki Cross defeated Asuka with a, uh, a roll-up pin. So it was just like, okay, cool. Um, 13-minute match, Tavon, I was not a fan of this 13-minute match, though. I really wasn't. Um, I liked it when it was just Naomi and Asuka because they really were trying, and then – but the rest of it, they just – it was just no. Yeah, it was – it was more so that, yeah, it, it was basically a fatal four. I mean, it didn't necessarily have no other purpose, but like, hey, these are the four women going to money 
or that are going to be in the women's money in the bank ladder match. Let's have them face each other before the pay-per-view. And the and of course tonight the, the SmackDown even though SmackDown's better than Raw, they're technically doing the same thing with with their SmackDown men. Yeah, yeah, but at least the men are going to have a better match because there's no it, it's not going to be as gimmicky. This this women's money in the bank match is very gimmicky. You've got a super villain in Alexa Bliss, you've got a superhero in Nikki Cross. You've got so it, 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 this match is very weird in a lot of aspects. Yeah. Um, and both Money in the Bank ladder matches are really cold when you think about it. They really are as far as building wise. I mean, the SmackDown matches have been better, but I mean, it's really been cold Money in the Bank matches. Sarah Schreiber interviewed the Viking Raiders. Man, this was bad interview night for some reason. <laughs> the Viking Raiders gave this sorry promo um, because they said AJ Styles insulted their life choice. I'm like, and, and then they mentioned good hygiene. They don't even have good hygiene, Tavon. <laughs> they, they literally admitted that they don't have good hygiene. So AJ was right. <laughs> Why did they admit that, you idiots? Like, and then Sarah Schreiber was saying. What do you plan on proving against AJ and almost tonight? I'm like, they need a fucking win. They really need a fucking win. It's not that obvious. <laughs> like, and then AJ Styles comes out for a promo. And it, and I like AJ Styles, but man, AJ Styles cut a terrible promo tonight too. He cut a mm. bad promo. He said he said that they were hairy barbarians, uneducated, and Sama Anella poison infested. And I was just like, okay. So then we had Ivar versus AJ Styles. It's three minutes and 45 seconds. Ivar won by sitting on AJ Styles in the corner. Okay. So then we had almost <laughs> versus um, Eric. Okay. It's another three-minute match and almost killed Eric. Um, Eric did Eric did get almost to sell a little bit, but nothing to really take away from this. Um, nothing really. Um, so then we had Sheamus yell at Adam Pierce and Sonya Deville. In the back for forcing him to defend his title despite having a broken nose. I would have just yelled at the fact, why does Alberto Carrillo even need a title shot? And it actually is true. And he calmed down and assured them that they're on the same page. And then Adam Pierce said, okay, good. Then go defend your title. So then Sheamus <laughs> then just beat up Alberto Carrillo before the commercial break. <laughs> because because I knew that we were not getting no Alberto Carrillo Sheamus for the United States title. I knew we weren't because because there was no reason for this match. Um, we had Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods. They spoke with Lucha House Party in the back until Sheriff Schreiber approached them, and then Kofi put over Woods' victory over Xavier um, over Bobby Lashley. He was the only one that did that the entire show, and Sheriff Schreiber let them know that Lashley was back in the building in the lounge, and Kofi was amused and said that of course Lashley is distracting himself with women and champagne. Woods said Kofi. Would beat him to become champion. Kingston said Lashley was focused on the wrong things. Kofi was the kind of champion that took all challengers on. And those days were about to be upon us again. He planned on beating Lashley in front of the live crowd to become a two-time WWE champion. A good promo, but not as good as his promos have been. So, um, And then, of course, uh, and then of course I mentioned Sheamus attacked Alberto Carrillo. And then after the break, you've got Ali... You know, just looking disgusted. Monsoor's there. Damian Priest is the only one that wants to help. And then, of course, Sonya Deville and Adam Pearce said that they don't that he doesn't have to, that he'll get another championship match. And then Puerto Carrillo said, "No, I want this match now." I'm like, "Okay, you're an idiot." Then so he did get his match, Tavon, and he lost in 17 seconds. So, mm-hmm. and then afterwards, 
um, Sheamus gave him the um, Glasgow smile that Edge has been doing on SmackDown. And then Damian Priest came out, and now we're getting a Damian Priest Sheamus feud. At least it's giving both of them something to do. Mm-hmm. So, and then we had Riddle wanting to accompany Ricochet to the ring, but Ricochet told him not to worry about it. They were both excited for Money in the Bank Sunday, and then uh, uh, Riddle uh, Ricochet, though he meant Tombstone, Riddle said it was Toy Story Two. And said, "There's a snake in my boot line." <laughs> when he mentioned Randy Orton, but Orton wasn't a snake in his boot. He said, "More like a snake in in his heart." And I thought this was really creepy. So thank goodness, Miz and Morrison came up, and they just sprayed water in their face, and then they ran over Riddle's foot. And <laughs> so then, Tavon, we get this 16-minute match of a false count anywhere. This is actually a really good 16-minute match. I really, I will say this is probably Ricochet and John Morrison's best match on the main roster in probably a very long time, would you say? Yep. This was definitely a great match. Three and three quarters. Go check this out, people, if you got time to watch this match. Very good. Um, they did a lot of great stuff. Ricochet was able yeah. to just go out there and have this great match. John Morrison had this great match. The only thing that – the reason why this I say the star rating is a little low – what it should be is because Miz kept damn interfering every five minutes every time they do a good spot. Like Miz <laughs> would literally interrupt. So then the finish of this match, it's not focused on Ricochet or John Morrison, Tavon. It's focused on Miz being in a turtle position, kicking his feet up and moving his hands <laughs> because Riddle put the wheelchair down and Ricochet was able to win with a frog splash off the ladder. So yeah, that was a cool finish. Cool finish, but we didn't need to see that much of Miz, though, for this match. We really <laughs> didn't. Um, and then, of course, Sarah Schreiber then asked Natalia what she planned on proving tonight against Rhea Ripley. Hmm. This is just bad interview questions. So then Natalia had a plan. She said she wanted to become a triple champion. And if she beat Rhea Ripley tonight, she would be one step closer. I mean, that's pretty obvious. I mean, if you beat the Raw Women's Champion, you get a Raw Women's Championship match. We're all not Nikki Cross and don't want championship matches, so... Um, then Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke happened to uh, appear to be nearby. I don't even know why I'm even reviewing this, because Mandy Rose is not even on Raw anymore, but... Fuck yeah, it. pretty much. <laughs> I mean, but fuck it. I mean, Rose said Natalia can't have a, a, a foolproof plan... Um, from a fool, and then of course they just pushed. Um, to me, and then of course to me, it just pushed Dana Brooke, and that kind of just ended the segment. Kevin Patrick interviewed Drew McIntyre, and then Drew McIntyre gives us another one of these sorry stories about Icarus. This one was actually finally an accurate one. He said Icarus who flew too close to the sun. He said this. He said this led to McIntyre saying nothing. Um, not even the sun would stop him from becoming Mister Money in the Bank. In fact, that's actually not true because Jinder Mahal is going to become the son and cost Drew McIntyre the match. <laughs> and then we had Cher Schreiber as Rhea Ripley why she would accept a match against Natalia so close to her title defense. Um, Rhea, Rhea Ripley wasn't one to back down from challenge, plus she had already exposed Charlotte Flair of being a drama <laughs> drama and really and needed the crutches. So Rhea Ripley and Natalia actually really did have a really good match, though. They had a nine minute match and they went out there and I guess this I guess these women really went out there because they were the main event really of this show and they went out there and had a really good match and Rhea Ripley won with the Riptide and then yeah, after that, Charlotte that was a that was a good match between them. That that I'll admit that is Natalia's. That is pretty much Natalia's 
one of Natalia's best matches in a while. It really was, actually. I, I do agree. Um, and and then, of course, afterwards, Charlotte Flair um, shot-blocked Ripley after the match, put her in a figure-four leg rock while hanging off the side of the ring. And then, after the break, Sarah Schreiber asked Charlotte if there was if that was a preview Sunday. Charlotte read her script and said, it's not about the pieces in the game, it was about the player, and she learned from the dirtiest. So, then we had the MVP lounge, but before we ended out there, MVP was telling the ladies... Because this is the last time we're going to see the ladies. Um, he told the ladies, he said, he said, look here, he said, the WWE champion needs some champagne. Make sure his glass is filled up. If he needs a back rub, give him a back rub. <laughs> and then MVP, like, had to announce this dude, like, five or six times before he came out there. And then, of course, the ladies actually had more. The ladies were, you know, I will say I will miss the ladies here. Because the ladies yeah. were really. That's definitely <laughs> one of them in which, Zach, you may have noticed known this or not, but one of the ladies, Kelsey Heather, she actually pulled a Rick Rude. <laughs> I, I, will, I will say, though, these ladies, they made more noise than the damn Thunderdome fans. So I will give them credit. And they did for 500 bucks. You know, they had the best time of their life. And, you know, shout out to them. They, they had the best time of their life. And, um, of course, Bobby Lashley came out and Lashley um, – you know, he, he just looked he, – he told the ladies to leave. He had his vest unbuttoned. His necktie was not even tied. And Lashley was thinking about Kofi's words. At first, he thought it was just trash talk, but he said he realized Kofi was right. And he told and he told MVP, he said, MVP, he said, you're just making me soft. He said, he said you're trying to give me women and liquor. And then he, he <laughs> lost to Xavier Woods of all people. And, and this is where they just buried the fuck out of Xavier Woods. And, mm-hmm. then, and then, of course, Lashley destroyed the MVP lounge and then promised – to then break Kofi and Xavier in half to end the segment. This was a great segment to close. Yeah, with. it was a great segment. A great segment. And yeah, yeah we finally made it. Um, COVID. Well, it may not be necessarily be that over just yet, but by the looks of it, I mean, yeah, it's over. We finally it made is. it. Exactly, we did. And and guess what, Tavon? I guess people were, you know, ready to see Raw now become back to normal because now this Raw show went up 9.3% from the record low last week. They're at 1.69 million viewers on the USA Network. Um, and and also, you know, hey, their 18 to 49 was up 5%. Um, so shout out to Raw. You know, they, they, did, they did get a good number finally. They haven't had over 1.6 million, Tavon, since um, back – it was all the way back to – June seventh. So congratulations to Rock. They they finally closed out the Thunderdome on finally a, a finally a good note. Finally they did. Yeah, definitely. Um, and of course you know so of course Tamina was added to the Money in the Bank ladder match. Um, and that was announced on the WWE's Twitter page and all that. And then we got Monday Goldberg is returning back to Raw, um, oh, wow. in the American Airlines Arena in Dallas, Texas. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I guess he's going to be feuding with Bobby Lashley then. Uh, supposedly so. I guess. I guess. <laughs> I guess this is where I say I guess Vince. Vince is so cheap. <laughs> he is, um, or maybe Brock Lesnar just said, "You know what? I don't have no reason to come back now." <laughs> wow. Like, that's like, like, that's kind of tragic. I mean, come on. It's like it's Bobby. It's Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar. People have been wanting that since. Since 2018, man, and it, and now's the chance to do it at at this year's SummerSlam, and it's not gonna happen, man. We might as well 
if they're not going to do it at this year's SummerSlam, they might as well do it at next year's Mania. They probably won't even do that at next year's Mania because I, I got this uh, feeling that I, I I I just don't feel Bobby Lashley's going to be that on top for that long, or or even be in the picture for that long. I I can't even see that. I mean, yeah, sadly, um, true. So then we got NXT Tuesday. Uh, Dakota Kai defeated Ember Moon. You know they they just how they wrote off Shotzi Blackheart on this show, Tavon. They just said Shotzi Blackheart's contract was picked up by Adam Pearce on SmackDown. <laughs> okay, so so of course. Dakota Kai with Raquel Gonzalez, they defeated Ember Moon. Uh, Kai beat Moon clean. She gave um, she gave the go-to Kai um, finisher. Um, I mean, this was a good – it was a it was a decent match. Um, it was getting good at the end. But what did you think of this match on Tuesday um, on NXT to open? It was a good match. They pretty much um... – Dakota and Ember, they pretty much have some good chemistry. And yeah, pretty much the the right person won. Dakota Kai pretty much wins in pretty much in a while, I suppose. That That is true. And then afterwards, Tavon, you know, because you get a victory, what did they do on WWE television? They got to bury the fuck out of you for some reason. So the <laughs> lights went out, and then Xia Li comes out. And Xia Li marches to the ring, and she pushes Dakota Kai out the way. And she and Lee says she's challenging Gonzalez for a championship. So they had a stare down, and then Zia Lee left quickly as soon as it came. This was this was like awkward. This really was. This didn't even make any sense. I'm yeah, like, pretty much. But hey, Zia Lee, I mean, she's stepping up to Raquel. That will be pretty much Zia Lee's. That will be Zia Lee's um first title opportunity. Yeah, first title opportunity in her five year career in NXT. But this is the thing, Tavon. It's next week on TV, and it's the eight straight title match that we're getting on NXT television. Yeah, it's like you gotta save these matches for pay per views. Exactly, or it's just like, and now, oh, they're they're watering down every title match they're getting, and, and yeah, that's pretty just much. Like, I mean, look, it's good. It's good to have title matches to hype up these shows, but not every show needs, but not every sh- two. Two weeks, two weeks shows needs needs a title match. Save save some of these awesome matches on pay per views. Give us a reason to watch the pay per views because the pay per views they're much more bigger than the than the TV shows. Exactly, and and and, and even if you don't want to do it, do it for the Peacock. You know, like at least get people to watch Peacock and stuff and say, look, you're gonna get this championship match at Takeover. And, and I'm just I, I, I'm I'm very I'm very shocked by this. I, I was very shocked by this, like an eight streak week of a title match, you know. And we've and it's not like and we've seen every title match, Tavon. We've seen the NXT title, the million dollar title, the cruiserweight championship. Every title has been defended, and it's just like, man, we're killing the titles. We're killing the matches. Yeah. You're killing the mystique. And 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 and, t- and, t- and t- I mean, Tavon, sure, he's giving us five star classics. But then again, you you had to save you had to save some. You're you're burning you're burning us out. And what's worse is you're doing it for less than seven hundred thousand viewers on Tuesdays. It's not even like they're getting a million off of these. If they were getting over a million, I would say fuck it. But they're not even getting a million people to watch the show. And and even the DVR is not even close to a million. The DVR is still over eight hundred thousand if you added DVR. Yeah. But that's still not. But that's still not a number to really be going out your way to be giving title matches to. So then we had the part one of Cameron Grimes as the Butler. 
featuring L.A. Knight making Grimes get a makeover. <laughs> here, here's, here, here's what's so funny about WWE. Okay, for one, the damn beach house that L.A. Knight's got, they they did the same beach house for the Adam Cole interview with Azra Markazi. They they own this house. <laughs> now, I, I'm, I'm, I'm 99% sure they do. And what's even worse here is about this whole thing, Tavon, none of this stuff even makes sense because, one, they – we knew they weren't going to cut Cameron Grimes' beard. They just they just literally put it in a ponytail and um, just made him <laughs> clean his hair. And Cameron Grimes even told L.A. Knight because L.A. Knight said you're late. And Cameron Grimes said – he said before I had all this money, he said my bond was my word. I'm like, but you're late. You just admitted you were late on purpose too. So then Knight made Grimes dress in a suit. And Ellie Knight said, man, you look like a penguin. And then Cameron Grimes then thought the joke was on uh, Ellie Knight because Cameron Grimes said he looked great. And then he started moonwalking. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> it was actually funny segments on the night. I actually will say that. Malcolm Bivens was with the Diamond Mine for a pre-tape promo. They built up this match later um, between Tyler Rust and Bobby Fish. But this promo did tease Roderick Strong and Bobby Fish. So we'll probably be getting that soon. So I'm I'm ready to yeah. see a Roderick Strong Bobby Fish match. So then we had Tyler Rust of the Diamond Mine defeat Bobby Fish. Um, it was a short match. Um, Rust did look strong in the win. I think this is like Tyler Rust's first victory in like what six months it feels like. And of course, um, Roderick Strong did help distract him. But and then after match. Um, we then had uh, Kushida come out because the Diamond Mine were getting ready to whoop Bobby Fisher's ass, and then Kushida came out. So we're getting a tag team match next week between um, Fish and Kushida, the Cruiserweight Champion, versus Tyler Rust and Roderick Strong. Should be a good, should really be a really good tag team match next week when you think about it. Um, <laughs> and then we had the NXT Champion carry across. Samoa Joe came up and told Mr. Cross, he said, Cross, he said, I'm giving you the instructions. He said to obey my commands at all times. He and then Joe asked Cross if he heard him. So then Joe just pushed the damn body bag out the way, <laughs> this heavy bag, and then Cross kept hitting that punching bag, and Cross was ignoring Joe. So then Carrie Cross got into Joe's face, and Cross warned Joe to not cost him a match, and Joe said, "I'll take that as a yes." <laughs> so then we had Saray versus GD Dolan. If you don't know who Gigi Dolan is, she's the yes, former Priscilla. ex-wife of Yep, the former ex-wife of Darby Allen, Priscilla mm-hmm. Kelly. Um, Tavon, this match was really weird. Um, I'm not actually no, the match wasn't weird. The match was good. Here's what I did not like though. This was weird because the promo build to this. Okay, so so this was on Twitter and stuff. If you want to see the promo, but Gigi Dolan. Came up to Saray, okay, Tavon? Mm-hmm. And she's flirting with Saray. <laughs> and she's talking all slowly like she's in like a porno movie. She's like telling Saray, she's like, she's like, Tony Storm doesn't respect you, but I would like a match with you. And I'm like, are you trying to have sex with her or are you trying to fight her? Like, what the hell is your problem, Gigi? Like, Gigi I mean, told at that point, I, I, can't, I can't really blame Gigi. I mean... <laughs> she pretty much yeah. looks sexy. She sounds sexy. Yeah, yeah, but you know what, Tavon? Though she shouldn't be talking like she's in a porno. Though that softcore <laughs> porno that they gave you on TV, she was like talking all, just talking all. And and Gigi Dolan actually was like flirting with Saray, and so Saray is creeped out. And I don't blame <laughs> Saray because Saray said, 
uh, okay, like I'll fight you. Like <laughs> Jennifer Ray really didn't want to fight her. I'm like, so so they so here's how they exit Tony Storm out NXT. They don't even mention nothing. They just said Tony Storm didn't want to fight Saray. And I'm like, really? Like that's it? Like we're not gonna get no Tony Storm Saray match at all? I'm like, okay. Yeah. And what's even funny is Tavo. And what's even funny is we had one more woman as well, Tegan Knox. She wasn't even mentioned on this show. Mm. I, I, this is how do you even get women out of like this? Like, like, like. At least with Tegan Knox, at least have her like at least run over Candice Ray or do something. But do, like, what was the point of that battery charging if we were just going to have Tegan Knox leave a week later? Yeah. Uh, I mean, but at, anyway. least, at least, at least, like, give like some video package of. Everybody in NXT saying goodbye to her at least. Exactly. Or and and, and I said this here too, Tavon. Tony Storm should have been a babyface. She came yeah. out as bisexual. She was already getting all that love and support. And then they just immediately say, you know what? Fuck you. You don't get no babyface pop for nothing. We're gonna not have you do anything for weeks. And I'm like, mm. she's she's a babyface. Like she should not been a she shouldn't have been a, even a heel. I, I didn't understand that, so I, I so I was upset by that. I really was, and I, I didn't like that. Um, but GD Dolan and Saray had a good match. Of course, this match is not going to be known for the match. It's going to be known for Mandy Rose walking onto the stage, yeah. and Mandy Rose now, and Mandy Rose now officially being NXT. So I, I will say this here though: this is actually good for Mandy Rose because now Mandy Rose's character is now going to actually get a you know a good push. You know, now she's actually going to – and she's going to be taken seriously and Mandy Rose actually – I think she's actually going to be able to cut the best promos now. Now I think she's going to be able to have a good promos, abilities, and everything. So I'm yeah. not worried about Mandy Rose on this show at all. You know, I know there were people that were saying, like, she's not going to have good matches with Frankie Monet and these guys. I, I'm, I'm saying – no, she's well, I Frank mean, I mean, she may not have good matches now, but in the – but later down the line, I mean, she'll get better and better, and yeah, I, I think I think she'll have great matches with all the women, though. I, I do feel that. I don't think she'll have. I, I think they'll be bad. Like if she works with Zia Lee in them, then yes, she's gonna have a bad match because Zia Lee's gimmick is like that thousand year old woman's her, you know, mm -hmm. her friend. So like, but if she's having like good match, but I think she can have good matches with Saray and these um women. So so I'm not worried at all. Um, of course, then we had um, a Santos Escobar promo before his match. Santos Escobar was, you know, and I thought Santos Escobar was going to the main roster because this kind of was like, like, okay, you need to go to the main roster because, like, he didn't win the North American Championship. But he was saying how he was going to get Isaiah Swerve Scott in hit row. And I love what Hakeem Wild said. Hakeem Wild said, I could never do my salsa dance to that stupid music. Like I was like, <laughs> I was like, I was like, they never were going to invite you to do your salsa dance anyway. So then, so so then, but Santos Escobar said that Bronson Reed is a lucky man because he said he will never have to get into the ring with Santos Escobar ever again. I'm like, oh, well, they just told me that we're never going to have that match. Okay, great. So, <laughs> so then of course, Santos Escobar takes on Dexter Loomis. Tavon, this had to c come on at the 9 p.m. hour. I knew people were leaving immediately to go watch the MLB All Star Game right after that because I'm like I'm like no one's not gonna watch this match like no one is like and Santos Escobar beat Loomis that was the right finish he won with the Legado del Fantasma after the um 
Oh, no, sorry, not the, the Phantom Driver. I don't know why I said look. I don't know if Phantasma was finished. But, but Escobar won with the distraction. He did hit the Phantom Driver. After the match, we then got the NXT North American champion, Hit Row, Isaiah Swerve Scott, and all of Hit Row. They confronted Legato Del Fantasma. They exchanged some words. So then during our commercial break, Andy Hartwell came out to Loomis's aid. She tried to carry Loomis and Tavon. This crowd popped for Andy <laughs> Hartwell and Dexter Loomis. And, 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 you, and literally... Beth Phoenix was about to fucking cry. I'm like, whoa. I'm like, why are you crying? <laughs> so then Indy Hartwell dropped Loomis, and they all started laughing in the crowd. And then they were about to kiss it and kiss when they said, nope. Like, nope, you're leaving. Like, you're leaving. Like, <laughs> And before this show, Tavon, Beth Phoenix didn't even come up to Johnny Gargano's um, The Way. And Beth came up to Indy and said, Indy, I wanted to ask you about Dexter Loomis. And Indy said, there's nothing to worry about. She said, we're just friends. And Beth <laughs> Phoenix said and, – and Beth Phoenix is married to a 47-year-old edge, okay? So she's yeah, giving this woman nice. advice. I mean, and, I mean, and, here's and, the thing. Zeg. The way the way Beth Phoenix is with pretty much the index stuff, I'm pretty sure she's taken that <laughs> that stuff when when she was um when she was um part of um glamour. Glamorella. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And 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 this is what Beth Phoenix says. Beth Phoenix says she's like she's like you never know true love till you experience it. She said she said she said she said you need to give him another chance. And I'm like, why, why why are you talking for this woman? Like you're married. You got kids with Edge. I see that. <laughs> and you like, used to be with Glamorella. Exactly. But but it's just like it's just like why are you giving this woman advice? Like I I, I didn't even know what to make of this. So, but but you know what. The, the Beth Phoenix, Indy Hartwell, Dexter Loomis stuff is funny as hell. Now now it's getting funny, but man, it's getting really weird too at the same time. So <laughs> I, I don't know what the hell they keep saving this up for. They should just damn kiss. It's been like 12 fucking weeks. If, if Dexter Loomis can't get a woman now, he ain't never getting this woman. It's been 12 <laughs> fucking weeks. I'm just like – I'm just saying like what the hell, man? So, so then, of course, we got our NXT breakout tournament. Duke Hudson defeated um, Eichmann Jiro. Um it was a match. It, it, I, I don't care who won, and I didn't really – it didn't matter. I mean, Duke Hudson won with the winds of change that Wade Barrett called it, but, of course, Vic Joseph um, called it um, the Bossman fire, uh, Bossman's um, suplex slam or whatever. So it was whatever. Um, Pete Dunne had a backstage um, confrontation with Timothy Thatcher. Because Pete Dunne was saying that hey, he was the baddest guy in NXT. And then Timothy Thatcher said, so which one is it? Are you the best technical wrestler or the baddest wrestler? <laughs> so then <laughs> so then Tommaso Ciampa suddenly ran in and attacked Dunne and Lorcan. And then, of course, they had to pull apart. So we're going to probably be getting that next week on NXT or maybe two weeks down the road. I don't know. Caden uh, Carter and Casey Catanzaro defeated Jesse Kamea and Aaliyah. I felt like this match didn't really serve a purpose. I thought I thought it was just like for the fans. But, I mean, Catanzaro and Caden Carter won. Short match. And then after the match, Aaliyah beats Robert Stone's ass. And Aaliyah gets a cheer. And she gets yeah, a pop. She's, she's, being, she's turning into a baby face. I'm kind of exactly. happy for her. Exactly. And then, and then you know what they do, Tavon, right after they have momentum like this? It's announced they the next to Exactly. For Mandy Rose. <laughs> I'm uh. like... 
I'm like, you just got. Hey, I said, I mean, I said, at least that makes sense because they're technically, tr- they are technically like trading, just like they but, used to. But but Tavon, but Tavon, she had momentum. They just killed it. They yeah. just killed her momentum. She could have gotten over finally. Oh, but but I did see this funny damn thing on Instagram. <laughs> Someone had a screenshot captured on Twitter, and, and this person said. When Vince went down to that performance center and saw Leah was still there at NXT, he said, "Nope, I'm gonna get you out of here." <laughs> I'm, like, I'm, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, well, she hasn't been there for six years. I'm like, yeah, it was about time she got the hell yeah, out of there. Yeah, she's been there for the better part of pretty much. Wait, eight? Yes, eight 2013? years. Yeah. Oh, 2013. Six years. Yep, six years. Yeah, uh, about to be seven years actually. Now it's about to be seven. Mm. So thank goodness she got out of there quickly. Um. And then Frankie Monet came to ringside with Jess and told Jesse told Jesse um, Jesse Kamea to leave with her. And then Robert Stone left as well. So the Robert Stone brand appears to be dead, and I guess Frankie Monet's now got her own entourage, which is okay. Um, then we had a comedy skit. Samoa Joe gave instructions to Johnny Gargano for the title match, and Johnny Gargano said that they're law-abiding citizens. And then Joe had another backstage stare down with Pete Dunne. So, so man, I'll, I'll wait for the day one of them slaps each other because you know it's happening soon. So then in our part two of the L.A. Knight's butler, Cameron Grimes, the joke was again on L.A. Knight because L.A. Knight told Cameron Grimes to cut this big lawnmower and not use no um lawnmower. He told him to use some little <laughs> weed eater. And then Cameron Grimes took off his – he already took off the butler suit and everything and was drinking like an iced tea and had a kid do all the work for him. <laughs> and, then, and then and then and then and then of course LA Knight said, "What the hell are you doing?" And and, and Grimes said, "Well, you weren't here." He said, "That doesn't matter." He said, "I told you to do it." So then the kid got done with the law and he said, he said "Oh, good job." Um, he said, "What did we agree on? Five hundred dollars?" And LA said, and LA Knight said, "No, no, no." He said, "You're not giving this guy a dime of your money." He said, "Look here." He said, "Great job, kid." He said, "But I'm not giving you a dime of the money." So I was like, so I'm like, man, you're a dick. Like, so then the kid kicked LA Knight, and then LA Knight said, this is your fault, Grimes, and then Grimes, like, and then Grimes accidentally pushed him in a pool. And it was just like, funny stuff. It was actually a really good, it, I didn't think the Butler thing was actually going to work, but it actually was really funny. I liked it. Yeah, it was really funny. Cameron Grimes is basically Jeffrey. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, you know, you know, you know, if, you know, if, if they actually knew British humor, if this was NXT UK, I'm pretty sure Cameron Grimes would have been like Niles on the nanny. So, <laughs> <laughs> and then of course we had Adam Cole during an in-ring promo. He said, "I told you so." Cole proved he was way better than Kyle O'Reilly by beating Kyle O'Reilly at the Great American Bash. And Cole ran down O'Reilly, and then Cole wanted to talk about Samoa Joe, and then basically threatened Samoa Joe. And then Adam Cole said that nobody was man enough to face him. So then out comes the guy that needs to be on the main roster, Bronson Reed. You know, if you're not going to the main roster, why can't you go back and get your North America title from Scott quickly? <laughs> and then he told Cole that he was the master of mind games, but Reed said he had nothing to lose. So Reed said all eyes were on him and his next move. And then Reed said that Cole's the golden boy. And then Adam Cole was about to super kick this dude, and I, I was I was going to blame him. But then Reed caught the leg, and then Reed um, then got his ass and. Then Cole ran away from the ring. He bailed out. And then Samoa Joe, still dressed in his referee gear, came down to the ringside. He glared at um, Adam Cole and then had a brief stare down with Bronson Reed. So, 
And then, and then of course, so, so Samoa Joe got like a whole interest as a ref and everything. So I will say this here, though, Tavon, they protect Samoa Joe heavily on this show. They they really do. They really do. They get they giving this dude all these like feuds that we want to see, but we're not going to get any of them. I don't feel. I don't think we're going to get no Bronson Reed Samoa Joe feud because Bronson Reed is going to the main roster. Announced for NXT next Tuesday, like um like I mentioned, Kushida and Bobby Fish versus Roderick Strong and Tyler Russ, and Zia Lee takes on Raquel Gonzalez for the NXT Women's Championship. Um, and then of course Frankie Monet was backstage with Jessica Maya. And a dis, um, he, Robert Stone, and Mandy Rose confronted them, and Rose quit, looked like Robert Stone brand is under new management, so, yeah, it is. <laughs> and then we have our NXT Championship matchup this week, Tavon. Karrion Cross defeated Johnny Gargano. Tavon, this match was good, but here's the problem with this match. The story was not Johnny Gargano carrying Cross. The story was Karrion Cross and Samoa Joe. Mm. And that, and that was the point, um... Cross one with with the cross jacket and everything. Of course, this match did feature Samoa Joe putting his hands on Cross when Cross would not release a hold and everything like that. They had the stare down afterwards. Remember, Cross was going to kill Johnny Gargano with some steel steps, but Joe took the steps out of his hand. But for some reason, carrying Cross bashed Johnny Gargano's head in to the plexiglass, and Joe didn't do anything about that. But it was a good match, but it was focused for Joe and Cross, and then Cross afterwards gave Joe the choke, and then after NXT went off the air, Samoa Joe had tried to regain some consciousness and took uh, took some steel steps and tried to go kill Cross. Um, what, what what was your thoughts on this? Um, I thought um, sure the match was um, sure the match was good, but. What happened after the match? I mean, it, it it was it was pretty much it was pretty much um good. The fact where <laughs> the fact where Karrion is um choking out um <laughs> Joe. I mean, it just means we're about to get this thing. We are officially about to get this Mojo Karrion crossfeed because Tavon they would have not let Joe get choked out if if, if Joe was not cleared. Correct? Yeah. Exactly. So, and NXT's viewership though on the USA Network was up almost eight percent from last week from the Great American Bash episode. That's seven hundred five thousand viewers. So, congratulations to NXT. They also got a five point six percent increase. Um, and they're eighteen to forty nine. It's still a zero point one nine, but it's still good. Very good for NXT. They they actually went up finally. Um, so congrats to NXT. And then on our third and final show of. This week for wrestling, we had AEW Dynamite Night 1 of Fire Fest. I'm going to get my thoughts on this real quick before I say anything else on this show. I understand AEW is a great show. I do. But if you're saying this show is so great because XYZ booking and they listen to fans, I'm going to ignore you because I'm, I'm so sick of that because, for one... They don't have good building for a lot of matches because, for example, Matt Hardy Christian was not a good feud. It's not been, and anyone that tells you that Tavon's a liar because they weren't yeah, watching AEW. John Moxley should have had a two-week title build-up against Carl Anderson because this was Moxley's return match since um, the birth of his daughter. 
You know, I mean, but there and 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 even the Britt Baker Nyla Rose stuff is not really a, a big feud. It's Britt Baker really getting all the chances to shine. You know, Darby. You know, Darby Allen Ethan Page was a great match, but no one really didn't think this match was. But no one didn't really think this match was going to be a great match. They thought it was going to be a good match, but they didn't think it was going to be this great. And you know, and. So, so there is a lot of things on this show that still needs a lot of work. I'm not going to say this show is perfect by any means. Of course, we then had our show open up with the IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship under New Japan rules, which means the 20-count, 60-minute time limits. And it was John Moxley coming out to Wild Thing with the crowd singing, <laughs> You Make My Heart Sing. <laughs> and then we had John Moxley um, defeat Carl Anderson – um, for the IWGP United States Championship, this was Moxley's fifth title defense, and Moxley set a new New Japan record now with five straight title defenses. The previous one was four. That was Kenny Omega when he did – no, it wasn't Kenny Omega. That was Lance Archer when he did that. So great match from John Moxley and Carl Anderson. What did you think of this match? I thought it was a good match. A very good match. I, I loved it. Moxley countered a top rope stun gun from Carl um, Anderson with a ripcord lariat, then a paradigm shift for the win and retain. Then this is where – see, and this is the problem where I have right here, Tavon. Lance Archer and Jake Roberts were having a backstage argument, and Archer yeah. challenges John Moxley next week for the IWGP United States title yeah. in a in a Texas yeah. Death Rules match. And that I'm just like – and I, and I, and I, and, this, and, this, and, this, and this, this has to be the point where I have to say, this match deserved more build, doesn't it? Tavon? Tavon? Tavon, you still there? Well, while he's not there at the moment, I'm just going to say this here. I think that this IWGP United States Championship match deserves more than just a one-week build. Tavon, you back with us? Yeah, I'm back. Uh, I just had okay. my... <laughs> don't worry, I wasn't on mute, but yeah, I had my own phone on the oh, thing. No, you're good. Yeah, well, All right. Well, I was, now, what was uh, it? I, well, I was saying that, like, we had Lance Archer and Jake Roberts, and then Lance Archer challenged John Moxley next week to a Texas death match for the IWGP US title, and I felt this needs more than just a one-week build. Oh. Because, uh, oh, wait, you were saying? And no, no I, was, I, was, I was saying, what, what's your thoughts on these one-week builds for title matches? Yeah, um, the builds are pretty... Weak. I mean, they should have had more time. They they really should have. Um, then we had Andrade El Idador. He was being interviewed by Alex Alberhantes. I don't know what the hell Alex Alberhantes was dressed as, but it looked weird. So then we had Andrade um, as um, he asked who the hell is Def Triangle and who they were, and he wanted Alex Alberhantes to tell him and. And, of course, he said El Itador is looking for them, so I wonder who Andrade is getting ready to feel with Pac or Penta or Ray Felix. So Tez joined commentary for the next match. It's the FTW Championship match. Ricky Starks versus FTW Champion Brian Cage. Ricky Starks was over in Texas. My goodness. They love Ricky Starks in Texas, don't they? Mm-hmm. 
So then, of course, this match, this match I knew was already going to be the finish because it, it, it just it was so obvious from the get go that Brian Cage was going to be leaving Team Taz and that he was going to get screwed. And Brian Cage got screwed with Will Hobbs taking the FTW title in the in the match, hitting Cage over the head and starts one. Starks looked good in his match, in his return from his neck injury. Starks is the new FTW champion. Hopefully, Ricky Starks does something great with this title, because I know Ricky Starks can do something great with this title, because Ricky Starks can cut great promos and everything. So, But congrats to um, now Team Taz, now Starks, Hook, and Hobbs. Um, then we had Cody Rhodes walk out to commentary, and as the announcers recapped Malachi Black's debut or the Tommy in, whichever you like to call him, he said Black should have just called because we don't kick a 62-year-old man in the ring to get our point across. That's actually BS because MJF punched a 62-year-old Dean Malenko with Parkinson's. So I refuse to believe that. So then he grabbed a microphone and walked to the ring. He said he doesn't um, win every fight, but he has a chance when he knows it's coming. So then Black comes out, shows up on the big screen. He pointed out the fans cheered loudly when he attacked Cody and Arn. He told a story about a man killing a horse because it was crippled. Black said when he looked at Cody and Arn last week in the eyes, he said it just wasn't there. And Cody fired up and demanded Black to come down here and fight. And Black said, well, all he had to do was ask. And then Black came out and they <laughs> brawled. And then the officials and agents just came out and then you had allowed to let them fight chance. I thought Malachi Black should have laid his ass out. I yeah, didn't, I didn't think we needed officials and agents. We yeah, officials and yeah, agents. me too. Same thing. I, I mean, it was a, it was a good segment. Problem was, did we really have to have the officials there? It should it should have been just them talking, and then Alistair Black appearing after it um pretty much darkens, and exactly. then them fighting, and then Alistair Black pretty much doing the um. Doing um, <laughs> Black Mass. Exactly. Or what it should have been was, Black comes right behind Cody after the lights come back on, okay? And then he just hits the Black Mass, and then the officials and agents run out. That would have been perfect. But we didn't need to have because, – because because to me, cause me, I think that made both of those guys look a little weak. I'm like, man, I want them to fight. Now I really want them to fight, though. I do want to see that match. That's going to be <laughs> awesome as hell. All out is – all out. I can't wait till September. That match is going to be awesome. But, of course, um, fun fact, Tavon, I actually have a cousin named Malachi. Hmm. I do. I actually do. And I'll tell you what, though. Malachi loves football. He's a huge – I will say this here. I mean, five years ago when I played football with my cousin Malachi, he was really skinny. Like, really, really skinny. Like, skinny as a pencil. And now Malachi is, like, now, like, 215 in muscle – Football player, 6'5". Man, this dude really wants to be Odell Beckham Jr., and I think he is. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 will, I will say this here. If he, if he tries me, I'm going to whoop his ass with that. I'm not going to whoop his ass, really. <laughs> but I would whoop his ass with that because I don't know if I can handle that too now. Um, we had Tully Blanchard was asked about his cheap shot on Conan last week. He ran into Centennial Ortiz, who threatened to attack him with uh, a blackjack, but ended up just mocking him. So then we had Hangman Page. This is where I thought this was the best segment of the night. Hangman came out. He was introduced by Tony Schiavone. Schiavone said that Omega versus Page was what the fans wanted to see. Page always wanted to be AEW champion, and he came close, but he failed. The Dark 
Dark Order is right. He said he needs that championship. He wants to challenge Omega, but then Don Callis interrupted. And I should mention, Hangman was really over in Texas. And then Callis was getting booed the hell out of the building. And the rest of the elite come out, and they walk out. And he said Paige was just doing a lot of talking. They said Paige isn't that guy, pal. <laughs> and I love how they made fun of it. The, they're like, like, you're not that guy, pal. Yeah, that, that mean. <laughs> exactly. So then Matt Jackson entered the ring and asked Paige if he remembered them. He said his best friends that he abandoned. And he said, P.U. He said, Paige, you're drunk. And then they punched him in the face. And I don't play Paige. I was like, I said, man, you're just annoying, man. So then... <laughs> We had the, and then, and then of course you thought the elite was going to whoop Hangman's ass. No, the Dark Order came out, and then Hangman said, "Omega, I'm not leaving without a title match." He said because that's what I came out here for, and he, and then Omega and them agreed upon a five-on-five elimination match between the Dark Order and the Elite. But here's the thing: if Page wins, he gets his AEW Championship match, and the Dark Order get a tag team championship match. If they lose. Hangman and the Dark Order get no title matches. Mm. So we had super loud cowboy shit, shit chants, and Omega <laughs> entered that ring alone, and he told Hangman the stipulation, and Hangman said that he Hangman said that he was on. So this is going to be awesome, Tavon. I can't wait. Mm-hmm. Five on five Survivor Series type match. Yeah, this is this is going to be awesome to see. So then we had Chris Jericho be interviewed about MJF's stipulations to earn another title match. Jericho said that if MJF read all Greek mythology, he would know that when Hercules succeeded, he got everything he wanted. Jericho will walk through the fire and run across broken glass to get to MJF. Jericho said he was the god of thunder in the war in AEW. Sean Spears came in and just hit Jericho right in the throat with a chair, and MJF said that Jericho's first labor of stipulations is that next week he faces Sean Spears, Here's the stipulation, though. Sean Spears can use a chair, but Jericho cannot. So then Spears then hit Jericho with the um, hit Jericho with the chair right on the elbow. It really looked like a fake shot because he didn't even connect on the elbow. But um, and then MJF and Sean Spears walked off. We had Christian Cage versus Matt Hardy. The story here is that Christian has never been able to beat Matt Hardy one on one and is undefeated. And Christian and Matt Hardy, this was really weird, Tavon, because I was very shocked. This match did not have no stipulations. It was just a wrestling match. And Christian Cage won the wrestling match. And Christian, I mean, this was a good, it was a good match. I'm not going to say it was a bad match. It was just a good match for the middle of the card at 9 p.m. And Hardy rolled into, and of course, they, um, Hardy locked in a, a leash submission hold, his new finisher on the floor and already rolled back in the ring as the ref counted when Christian made it back in the ring at nine Christian counted the twist of fate for the kill switch for the pin afterwards the um, private party and TH2 tried to come out and surround the ring but Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus made the save so Tavon we're still getting Christian Cage and Matt Hardy except now we just added Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus and private party and TH2 so yeah um, m- middle of a card feud nothing special nothing special um, Miro Oh my goodness, cuts a beautiful promo. I love this here. Miro said he's telling a story about himself. So here's the story, Tavon. After months of insecurity, he said, he said, he said I'm going to tell you a story. He said, he said, he said, there was this guy. He was once rich. He had a wife who was very flexible. 
<laughs> he said he said a voice called out to Miro to return to who he was. Miro just he said Miro said he said if you got a championship you got a problem with me. Miro destroyed everyone in his path, making him God's favorite champion. The TNT championship was his reward, and that he changed the TNT championship to all white. And then Tavon, he said Miro's just not willing to defend his title with his life. He's willing to defend it with yours. He's now known as the Redeemer. Oh, mm. the title with a white strap and green accents. I was like, I said, I, I, I you know, this thing. I was like, I was like, you motherfucker, you changed the TNT title. You motherfucker. <laughs> so, he got, he got heat from me. I was like, I was like, you motherfucker, stop changing that title. Like, <laughs> it was a good, it was actually a really good promo. Oh, man. Uh, then we had a Britt Baker promo. Dr. Britt Baker DMD was brought out by Shivani. He said everyone was concerned about Britt Baker's well-being. Baker said, don't worry about it. She's dealt with it a lot. It came out as the baddest bitch on the block. And then this is the Texas crowd just went like, holy shit. Holy shit. I'm like, like she just cussed. Like, calm the fuck down. Like, so then what's daunting is to keep Nyla Rose relevant. Rose said, um, has, Rose has beaten Baker, but Baker's in a league of her own. And Rose and Vicky Guerrero were shown backstage. And Britt Baker said Vicky has a last name that will keep her relevant in wrestling forever. But Rose doesn't with the championship. Baker's the hottest promo in professional wrestling. But even without, she's still DMD. And then we had backstage where Nyla Rose said next week she hand Baker an ass whooping of her life. So that should be a great match. That should main event night two of Fighter Fest. I actually wouldn't mind it. I think the women should main event night two next week. We then had John Moxley backstage. He said one does not beat Lance Archer. One just simply survives Lance Archer. He said Moxley isn't the hunted. He's the hunter. He said he said Archer, you want Texas Death Part Two next week? Archer won't be Texas born, Texas bred. He'll be Texas dead because the boogeyman of New Japan is coming to kill him and. I love that promo. Now that was a good promo, but that actually might work for John Moxley, the Boogeyman of New Japan. I'm like, I, I never thought about that. That's, that's a good fucking promo. I'm like, damn, that's that actually could work. It actually could. So then we had Sammy Guevara defeat Wheeler Euler. Um, this was really weird, Tavon. I didn't, I didn't know what to make of this match in all honesty. And here's why I will say that because Wheeler Euler came out to the best friends name. He had Orange Cassidy and Chuck Taylor. Yeah. Sammy Guevara, you know, I, I, they had a great match. They did, but like, but Excalibur, thank goodness he explained Wheeler Uter is like a prodigy of Chuck Taylor and Orange Cassidy, and of course they, of course Guevara and Wheeler Uter had a great match. Um, and I will say I looked at this match as a wrestler's perspective because when Guevara went on the top rope and took so long for the crowd to like get into like his finish, like Wheeler Uter countered. But when Wheeler Euler did a fork splash, the crowd just popped. And and of course Sammy Guevara did win the match um with the GTH, the reverse fireman's carry. Um and then of course Guevara and then Excalibur said that Guevara showed um sportsmanship. He patted Wheeler Euler on the back kind of cocky like. I was like, um okay. I didn't I, I wouldn't say it's um I wouldn't say that was sportsmanship, but what did you think, Tavon, of the match? It was a good match. Yeah. Um, of course, 
we then had QT Marshall in the factory. They were being interviewed by Tony Schiavone. Tony Schiavone tried to get QT over, and then QT was just being a bully, and then poured protein straight on Schiavone's head. Um, I didn't know what to make of this segment. What about you, Tavon? Uh, what match? The uh, no, no, no. Uh, sorry, sorry. What did you think of this segment between QT and Tony Schiavone? Well, eh, it, it was something. Yeah, it was. It was. It was kind of weird. Yeah, um, and then of course we had Yuka Zakizaki. She returned for the first time in 17 months. Remember, the last time we saw her, Britt Baker took out her teeth on the bottom rope, and she beat Penelope Ford. We had loud yeah, Yuka chants at the start of the show. Um, I didn't you know, this see. Is oh, come on, come on, wash your hands. And then of course Yuka Zakizaki. She defeated Penelope Ford. Um, and, 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 and Yuka Zakizaki hit a magical merry-go-round followed by the magical growth What did you think of this match, Tavon? Tavon, what did you think of the match? Yeah, fix, um... Oh, good match. Um... Um... Anyways, uh, for Dynamite next week um, for our next two Fighter Fest, AEW uh, Women's Champion Dr. Britt Baker DMD takes on Nyla Rose, IWGP United States Champion John Moxley versus Lance Archer, Chris Jericho versus Sean Spears, Spears can use Jericho. I had myself pasta. And Orange Cassidy versus The Blade. And then, of course, and then of course uh, we had our coffin match for the main event. Darby Allen defeated Ethan Page. The rules were that the coffin must close around a competitor for the match to end. Match was awesome. Match was... I give this match four stars. Go out your way and see this match if you can, people. Um, Darby Allen, you know... I mean, Darby Allen took some heavy spots and so did Ethan Page. Of course, there was a razor's edge on the stairs from Darby. You had Scorpio Sky hide in the casket and try to take out Darby. Then you had Sting and Scorpio Sky fight up top. I'm gonna open it up. And then, of course, you, um, and then of course the finish of the match came with Darby Allen throwing um, Ethan Page into the coffin and then giving a coffin drop on into the coffin to close out the show. Great match. Um, Tavon, what did you think of the coffin match? It was a great match. No. Definitely a great match. And then the AEW Dynamite back um, over one million viewers for Fighter Fest Night One. Um, they actually did a one million two hundred and five thousand viewers. This up seventeen percent um, from last week. It's the fifth largest audience in Dynamite history. Despite the fact the second hour of the show was going up against Game 4 of the NBA Finals. In the 1849 demo, AEW drew a 0.40. They were first on the cable for the night. Their biggest quarter rating was at the 9.30 mark where they did over 1 million. They did 1.3 million. That's the best quarter they've ever done and the most viewers they've ever had watching Dynamite. And that was during the Britt Baker promo and the Sam Guevara Wheeler Euro match. Mm -hmm. And year over year, Dynamite was up 30% um, and 37.9% in 18-49. So congrats to AEW. Yeah. Oh, and they also beat um, the NBA. Yeah, they they, they did have a great night against the NBA. I, I actually did not think they were actually going to be having that great of a night and everything like that. Um, 
Hey, and then to congrats close, to them. I mean, AEW's very, growing. Very good. Congrats to them. Very good congrats to them. Um, how about this year, though? We're going to go ahead and um, get ready to close up the show in a few minutes. But, of course, we wanted to run down the 2021 MLB All-Star Game. There's no MLB games or nothing to review right now at the moment because the Yankees-Red Sox game was canceled yesterday due to six Yankees players having COVID. So, um, but, they, but they are still on for tonight, more than likely. I don't know if it will be happening. But, of course, this um, All-Star break, of course, did feature a 5-2 to win from the American League, defeating the National League for the eighth straight time. Um, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. was named the All-Star MVP. I actually was right about that. I said either him or Shohei Otani was going to win. Um, and then in Monday's home run derby, Shohei Otani lost in an epic first-round battle with um, Washington's Juan Solo. But Pete Alonso won for the second straight year, taking home the $1 million prize that's significantly higher than his yearly salary, believe it or not. Um, but, Tavon, did you see um, the MLB highlight game or anything like that? Uh, I didn't. Uh, it was definitely um, it's definitely uh, pretty fun, um, but definitely though, um, probably I don't I don't know if we'll probably be doing the show tonight. I, I can't guarantee we'll probably be doing the show tonight after SmackDown. Um, but if we don't, we'll definitely be doing a show tomorrow and everything like that. But uh, definitely though. Sure. Um, but I, but I don't but I don't know yet if we're going to be doing a a show tonight. I, I can't I can't say yet after SmackDown because. Because there is a lot of stuff I still have to do and everything like that. So, but yeah. anyway, so we're gonna, but we're definitely gonna um, take it to our 200 moment of the night though, with um, sponsored by Miller Lite for the first time in what over a month. Remember, Miller Lite has one more calorie and um, better taste than Michelob Ultra. So if you're gonna drink anything, drink a Miller Lite and please drink responsibly. We're gonna close it with the how we do it. Chris O'Banner, DJ Primetime, and Boo Bucks Clan. Alright, Tavon, 200 moment of the night. Alright, so my 200 moment of the night was pretty much Pretty much last night, my birthday, we pre- I, I saw Black Widow, and yeah, it was an okay movie. I give it a 5 out of 10. Ooh. Ah, yeah. I see. I, see I, see. I, I, I heard people say that it wasn't a really good movie. I really yeah, I, 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 I saw, I didn't see the reviews, but I saw the thumbnails and titles of YouTube videos saying that it was <laughs> terrible. And I saw the reviews, I saw Crit... After I saw the movie, I saw Chris Duckman's review. I saw World Class Bullshitters review. I, I saw I saw some reviews, and yeah, I, I just had to say, I mean, it's it's an okay movie, but I mean, come, I mean, come on, I mean, I mean, it, it's not it's not it's not the movie itself that's the problem, but but you see you see, Seth, when you when you watch the movie. I mean, when you look, when you look at the whole movie, I mean, obviously it's an okay movie. I mean, but after you watch the movie, you're you're going to be wondering, 
what was the point? What was the point of the movie the whole time? Uh, I get I get what you mean. I actually do. Um, I will say my two hundred moment of the night. I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this here. You know, I feel now sports is now becoming like women's soap operas. I feel it's yeah. like becoming the young and the restless. I believe it's coming the days of our lives. I know I'm really like now so far off everybody's head, but trust me, I tell you people. Women's soap operas actually used to be watched by people. They used to be. I don't know if they get watched now. I think they get watched by old women, but we're not old women. But I feel that way because here's the thing, Tavon. On Monday, I was on Max Weezy in the morning on Spotify Green Room. It's a show that's specifically on Spotify Green Room. He won't upload any of these shows. Um, I, I don't. I don't want to say nothing bad about him because because he is married to a white woman, and I'm very. I know, and I'm a big fan of interracial relationships. I have a white girlfriend and everything like that that I hope to marry one day. And here's what I did not like about him, though, Tavon. He was all negative. It, it sounded like a women's soap opera, basically. Because here's what he said. He said Devin Booker is not a superstar, but that's okay. And then immediately proceeded. To not say the final score of the NBA game, to not say anything of any nature, Tavon. This is what he says. He just says, well, you know, he's not Kobe. And then they got into this conversation where we had like five, six people. Trey was on there. Of course, Trey has been on this show. And Trey was just like saying like, oh, his show's great. This show started going from Devin Booker not being a superstar to Kobe Bryant and not having MVPs. And I'm just like, what was the point of this show? It really was weird. And, of course, I went on to another show. You know, you know, even Top Rope Nation. Like, for example, um, a guy that has been on our show, Brian, he literally says this here, Tavon, and I didn't like this comment. I didn't like this comment at all. He said, he said how much do you bet that the fans are going to chant DUI at Jimmy Uso? Knowing... That Naomi had to delete her Twitter um, for this stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm, I, I don't. I don't like that stuff. I don't like soap opera drama, like because because now it just feels like everyone feeds off negativity. It really does. It's it's sad to yeah. see. It really is. You know, my, of course everybody's gonna probably be going. Well, get to your point. Well, I'm getting to my point. The 200 moment of the night is. People are starting to turn everything into soap operas and dramas because that's what you see from first take and everything like that. But yeah. also even worse is we're letting just negative stuff just happen. That's It's it's really bad negative stuff, and it makes you mm-hmm. not want to be a fan of professional sports. It just doesn't, and it's not cool. And, and yeah. I, I, say, I, I say we definitely need to like get better at that. You know, I understand if you're reviewing a show and you don't like the show, but if you're not reviewing the show, then then you're not going into anything because because you, because because like for example, like talking about Devin Booker not being a superstar, you can say that, but everyone has their own perception of what a superstar is nowadays. They really do, and it's definitely that. But definitely, so so let's let's try to work on. Not being as negative people about everything because not everything has to be negative. You know, like Jim Ross said on Grill and Jr. I listened to the show um, a, a, a week ago. It was about the backlash 2001, and he said how Howard Finkel used to always come up to him every day and would say, "Hey, Jim." And Jim Ross said, "Okay, D- Howard, who died this time?" 
And Howard would name off this dude who was in Brazil, undercard wrestler, say he passed away in his sleep last night. And Jim has never even heard of this guy. That's mm-hmm. how that's how negative Howard Finkel was. Oh. You had to go find a dude in Brazil who passed away in his sleep just to say something. People love negativity. People love it too much. Mm-hmm. But anyways, though, I was glad I finally got this show out the way. This actually helps my mental health actually a lot more better to talk about and everything. But Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Um, how about this year, though? We're just going to keep it closing out with how we do it from DJ Primetime, Chris Obana, and Bull Bucks Clan to close out the show. This is how we do it. This is how we do it. Don't know how to act. The bougie bitch want me to hit it from the back. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll be blowing out her back. They hit the wrong. I'm headed straight to get her back. It's so good in my heart tonight. And that'll be it for 200 for tonight. Um, we'll probably be back Saturday. If not, we'll definitely be back for our Money in the Bank post show. Tavon, hope you have yourself another good day off and stuff, man. We'll get. Mm-hmm. We'll talk to you guys later. Peace, everybody. Peace. Peace.